What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK, live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Tuesday? Tuesday, right? Yep, that's, a, that's what it is. Thank you. January 30th, 2024. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock this morning on today's show. Texas basketball dropped a heartbreaker to Houston at the Moody Center last night. What does that loss mean for the Longhorns tournament chances here in 2024? Plus, a lifetime Longhorn who we thought was going to be participating in the Super Bowl will no longer be participating in the Super Bowl. We've got an injury update on Charles Aminahu of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that. A look at some NFL mock drafts. Pro Football Network has a new seven-round mock draft out there with one Longhorn going very high in the first round. I'll tell you who that is and where he is projected to go. We will also do some power rankings today. We will rank the football coaches in the new-look SEC. Where does Steve Sarkeesian fit in amongst the top coaches in the top conference in college football as Texas makes the transition to the Big 12 into the Southeastern Conference next year. All of that and plenty of fun along the way over the course of the next two hours. What's going on, Buck? Oh, another beautiful day in paradise yesterday. It was just absolutely gorgeous yesterday. You know, it said it was 70 degrees. Boy, it felt more like 75 going on to the 80s yesterday. It was really, it was nice. You know, big man went for a walk, got some cardio in there. But, uh I thought it was I thought it was a fantastic day and looks like we're going to repeat that again today. So that's exciting. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of the cold. I mean, I can jump on a plane and go back to Pennsylvania right now and get all the cold I want, but I I'd rather travel to get the cold weather. I don't like I don't want to live in it. You know what I mean? I've lived I've lived in it before. Like when it gets warm in May. Mhm. Mm no, that's this this is good. This is 68 69 degrees at this time of year is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's we've had our cold. We've had cold. We've had some rain, right? Yeah. I'm ready to be done with all that. I don't want to see the, I don't want to see creeks and ponds in the fairways. We usually don't have a spring here in Austin. No. It's nice to have some semblance of a springtime yes, right now, right. right? It usually goes from just winter Armageddon to 100 degrees, with yes. no in between. So when we get these, 60s to 80s days we absolutely take them and we had one yesterday and it seems like we're going to have a few more of those this week which is great yeah, i'm just i'm ready to get to the, i'm ready to get to the gardening part of you know i've been prepping stuff and trying to do a big garden where i'm going to actually can things learn how to can tomatoes and different things like that i'm gonna i'm gonna venture into that i've never gone that far before you know i've never slaughtered or hogged before no i'm not going to do that now but I like to get into some of that kind of natural stuff. You know, I, I do gardening, but people don't understand. I, I'm, I do more like rose stuff and, and Gerber daisies and things. I'm more of a florist than an actual gardener. People must think that I just, I'm in there growing corn and stuff. I'm a gardener, but I'm more of a flower gardener. Well, are you bringing back the naked gardening this year? I'm going to come with some loincloth stuff that I may put out there. How's that? Some some Tarzan type loincloth gardening? No, you're not going to see the entire deal. That shows just for special people, special someone. Okay, mm. not for you people. Your neighbors, huh? Those are the special <laughs> ones. They're walking by or they're driving <laughs> by, and they've got to see. 
for the ones with the binoculars. Good morning to the soldiers at Port Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those who fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. To you and your families, thank you very much. And do be careful out there. Uh, you're giving everyone a full moon, huh? Yeah, nothing like a dark side of the moon every once in a while, you know? <laughs> uh, it's a good album. That's that's a great album. About all I care for when it comes to that reference. But we will have uh, you know we'll have the big eclipse here, I think in, in April, is it? Or March? It's one of one of those months. I don't no. do that. Remember, I just do rain. I don't do eclipses because I don't buy into it because the next one we see, well, somebody will tell you, you'll never see anything like it again. And I always say, yeah, until next year, Dude, there's another one. Eclipses are the biggest crock of shit in the history of the world. <laughs> I know. I mean, you, you described it perfectly right there. Like every eclipse is an eclipse that we're not going to see for the, another 554 years. Why is and that? Then I see one next year. They'll say, hey, don't forget the one that comes back next March. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's different. No, the sun is like an inch over to yeah. the left this time. This one's even crazier, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been told that since I was a kid. Hey, check it out. Don't don't look directly into it because it's the last one you'll see and you'll, your eyes will never work again. Okay, yeah. I've now seen 50 since the day somebody told me that I'll never see another one. Yeah, there's been about uh, 65 eclipses oh, that yeah. uh, I'll never see again that I've seen in my life. We saw a little and bit of an eclipse last night at the moon. Oh, what a game. What a game. What a game. Uh, heartbreaking loss for Texas. That would have been a huge win for the Longhorns. It would have been the biggest win of the season for the Longhorns, a top five win that would have really bolstered their NCAA tournament resume. And unfortunately, they came up short. They forced it to overtime. They had a great second half to get back into the game when uh, they looked kind of lost at times in the first half last night. But uh, at the end of the day, it was Houston who gets the 76-72 win in overtime at the Moody Center. Yeah, uh, the I, and I definitely was I, I definitely was one BK into the moral victory. You know, as we talked about it, you know, I didn't say anything about Texas is going to win yesterday at all or they've got a chance, but I was into the moral victory part of it going into the game yesterday. Just don't get just don't get run out of your own gym and they did and they were they were right there they had an opportunity to actually win that basketball game. But I, I, the four-point loss, sorry about being part Aggie here, but I was into the moral victory, and I thought that I thought they played pretty well. They're not going to all of a sudden turn into a physical team like Houston. It's just not that Houston has worked hard to be that team that they are. That that kind of, you know, that's what they're constructed of. Texas is not, and they're not all of a sudden going to become a physical group of players. They're just not they're not as physical as that group last night. But they hung in there with them. They they fought as hard as they could. They lost by four. I I don't mind the moral victory there. I mean, I'd rather have the win, but sorry, I'll well, take it. You, you know what moral victories don't do, Buck? They don't get you into the NCAA tournament. No. So enjoy your moral victory, but, you know, at the end of the year, if Texas is on the outside looking in on Selection Sunday, you're going to be going back to that game on January 29th. No, saying, I'll be going yeah. back to games like Kansas State saying, no, you better beat teams like Kansas State that are pretty good. No, you better beat teams like Iowa State that are pretty good. They're not as good as Houston, so... Your moral victory of four points means you hung in there with a, one of the best teams in the nation. And these other teams, that even though they're in the Big 12 and everybody can beat everybody on any given night, you better beat those teams. That's that's how I'm going to feel about it. Yeah. And, there's, well, and I'm going to say Texas is going to win against teams like K-State and maybe even Kansas, you know? Going on the road? I, I don't care. I, after last night, After last night's moral victory to me, there's not another team in this conference 
that they should be losing to, whether it's home or away. They should be in the thick of things with all the rest of these teams. That was a that was a fantastic showing last night. They had an opportunity to win that game, and in my mind, just didn't get they didn't get blown out. Now they got out physical, but I think we were expecting that to happen against Houston. But they hung in there. I mean, to the bitter end. I mean, you get an overtime game at your own place with an opportunity to win the game. I thought that was pretty good display of basketball by the Longhorns last night. Yeah, I mean, not good enough. Hard. Not good enough. Okay, I know, not good enough, but they fought hard to the very end. Yeah. Um, you know, Houston's a better team right now. There's no doubt about that. Houston might be the best team in the country right now. They're obviously ranked number four in the AP poll. Ken Palm has them as the number one team in the country. So we're talking about a legit national championship contender that you played tough for 45 minutes last night. Uh, not a lot of shame in that. But no. Once again, you're a Texas team that's on the bubble. Now, look, the Longhorns have 10 more regular season games left, and then they'll have the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. So... The sky is not completely fallen. Uh, there's still plenty of opportunity for the Longhorns to get some resume boosting wins, but that maybe was their best chance, right? And that would have been the best resume win that they could get. Obviously, they have a trip to Allen Fieldhouse in a couple of weeks. If they go beat a top 10 Kansas team on the road in one of the toughest venues in college basketball, that's a big one. Uh, the Longhorns no, you got to go to get, Hold on. They, yeah, the, Longhorns will get the, the Longhorns will get the chance to go to Houston and play that yeah. same Houston team. On the road, if they can mm. win that game, that's a huge chance to uh, bolster the resume. But uh, to get that good of a team at home, like that's that was a great chance for the Longhorns last night. And they were right there, and they had opportunities. They had a, what, six-point lead with less than yeah. five minutes to go last night, despite how bad they played in the first half. They obviously had chances down the stretch in the final minute. They had chances in overtime in a game that stayed close throughout the five-minute extra window and they just couldn't make the plays that they needed to make. So that's... that's and they that's needed that game at home because they're not winning that one in Houston. No, no. I'm not, not even looking for a moral victory there. They're not beating Houston in Houston. No, no. No, so they needed to win that game last night. They got the moral victory, but they needed to win that game. You're right. But when they start playing teams like K-State that can beat you, the TCUs that can beat you, the Iowa State, they have to win those games now. They should, they're good enough to win those games, you know? Not close, but good enough to win them. And they got to win them. As you said, yeah. that's that's gonna come. It's gonna come down to those those games like that that they have to win. They can't get beat by a K State. They can't get beat. They got to go to Tech and win that game. Yeah. Well, up next for the Longhorns is a trip to Fort Worth to take on a TCU team that crept back into the top twenty-five in yesterday's poll. They are ranked number twenty-five. So uh, the Longhorns still in the middle of this six-game stretch against ranked yeah. opponents. They're now two and two. They started with two wins. Uh, the thriller against Baylor here in Austin, and obviously the blowout road victory in Norman against Oklahoma, that was great. But uh, now it's back-to-back -back losses for Texas against two teams named Cougars. Uh, the disappointment on Saturday against BYU and obviously the, uh, the devastation last night against Houston. So uh, you've got TCU on the road this weekend. That one won't be easy. And then Iowa State, the team that you just mentioned a moment yeah. ago, comes to town next Tuesday, so a week from tonight. And then uh, you get a little bit of a reprieve with the West Virginia game coming up after that. But it's a huge stretch for the Longhorns. You know, four and two, that's that's what we talked about. They could somehow go four and two uh, in this stretch, this gauntlet against all of these ranked opponents. That would feel like a huge win for Texas. Uh, three and three, I guess he would sign up for. Anything less than that would feel like a disappointment. Obviously, the Longhorns have to find at least one win to avoid that disappointment category. Yeah, a lot of positives out of that game. They they understand. I think they understand.
just how physical they have to be. I mean, not just against Houston, but for the remainder of the seasons against everybody. Because if they can, if they can get towards the of how they played against Houston, those other teams shouldn't beat them. And, and that whether it's on the road or not, Kansas, you know, Allen Fieldhouse will be a bitch for them there. It just is for anybody that plays them. So uh, it, that may be another one of those. I mean, it, that should be a, a nail biter. But these other teams, Iowa State, that are coming to your place, you can't have games that take you to overtime. You should be able to beat those teams. And you have to beat those teams, you know, and, and get yourself off the bubble. You have to you have to win those games. Nobody's expecting you to go to Kansas and win that game. But you can't have four or five more losses, three or four more, three or four more losses for the rest of the season. You've got to you've got to have maybe two at maybe losing two more, maybe. To get into the tournament? Yeah. Mm, well, Texas is three and five right now in the Big 12, which is third to last in this conference. Remember, this team was picked to finish third to first in this conference going into this year. Uh, this conference is still going to take a lot to the NCAAs. They're going to just have to look at the conference and go, it's they, they the could, they, they could lose, they could for sure lose four more and make it to the dance. If they go nine and nine in the Big 12 this year, they're going to make it. They okay. could still make it at eight and ten. Like they could lose five more. And because this league is as good as it is, we've seen teams finish eight and ten in the Big 12 and still sure. find their way into the big dance. If you lose any more than that, if we're talking seven and eleven, which I think there has been a team or two in the recent past because of how many teams make the tournament now. I think we have seen a couple of seven eleven. Shout out to them, one of our great sponsors. Big shout out. Thank you very much. Seven and eleven teams. Uh, make it to the big dance. So. But it can't be to the K-States of the world. It, it has to be, you have to be losing to Kansas. You know, Tech on the road, people will understand how hard that game will be. But it can't be to Iowa State at your own place. It can't yeah. be to K-State, no matter where you play them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, problem, there, there's another Baylor game, correct? Yeah, you got uh, the Wackos in Wacko towards the end of the year. That's the second to last game of the Which season. Which may end up being a huge game. The Oklahoma yeah. will be huge. Baylor and Oklahoma are going to be huge for the Longhorns as you look at the way the season's going right now. Those two last games will be unbelievable, and it'll, it, may, it may get them into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, the problem with Texas when you're comparing this year's Longhorns to some of those 7-11, and 8-10 and 10 Big 12 finishing teams in the past, you know, Texas doesn't have any good non-conference wins. Like no. They, they have zero good non-conference wins. The best non-con win the Longhorns have is – against an LSU team that's like just a couple of games over 500 right now, and they're not going to make the tournament. So, you know, Texas has not fared well against teams that actually will be in the big dance this year. They've got a couple of nice wins. Obviously, the Baylor win, that's a ranked win. OU win on the road, a nice win. Those are a couple of Q1 wins. That's great. But the Longhorns, they just they didn't play a lot of good teams in the non-con, and the two really good teams that they did play in Marquette and UConn, uh, they lost to. So that's the thing. Like, Texas needs to win. They need to stack some quality wins in this league because they don't have that non-con victory that they can hang their head on that, uh, you know, normal Texas teams have and a lot of other college basketball teams have. So, Well, a lot of guys played well last night. There's sure. some that, I mean, the old war horse that they have that comes in there with the bad back, it's just, dude, that guy's going to be hurt all year. He came into this deal hurt. He's not – every game he gets just a little bit more banged up. He's not getting healthier. I can I can tell you that. It doesn't look like whatever they're doing with heating pads and shoulder pads and everything else, he doesn't get better by the game. He really yeah. doesn't. He gets more banged up. And during the course of a game, when he goes down onto the ground, you know that's, that's a slow climb up for him. 
It just is. When he went down last night, I'm looking like, wow. That, yeah. that, is he going to get up or is he not? When he grabs his back, I'm thinking, know that pain, brother. Oh, yeah. yeah he looks like you out I, there. Oh, I may even get up quicker than that, dude. <sighs> yeah, I, I was at the game last night. A hell of an atmosphere, by the way. Major tip of the cap to all the Texas fans who showed up to the Moody Center last night. I mean, uh, God, just the night and day difference between the Flan, a.k.a. the Frank Irwin Center, and what we've got now at the Moody Center is crazy. Uh, Big-time atmosphere last night. The fans brought it. You know, Kelvin Sampson and the Houston players in the post-game press conference, they talked so highly about the atmosphere and how, you know, Texas fans showed up and how it was one of the toughest places those guys have ever had to play. It was a great no, horns down, no horns down talk yesterday? No, I didn't see too many horns downs. I mean, there were some Houston fans who made the trek of 290 or I-10 to 71 to attend the game last night. And they were dropping some horns downs, but whatever, to be expected. There were no post-game handshake line incidents. Oh, good. Uh, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, look, Caden Shedrick, I mean, at the game, they, they don't show this on TV because y'all are watching the commercials. But during every single TV timeout, Caden Shedrick has like a heating pad around his back. And that's been a thing for a lot of games this season. He's obviously missed a couple of games with that back injury. The guy had shoulder surgery on both shoulders this past offseason. So wow. it was a great get. But unfortunately, the transfer from Virginia just uh, he started the year banged up, obviously missed the first couple of games recovering from those shoulder injuries. And now he's got back issues on top of it. He just he isn't the player that Texas was hoping to get when they scooped him out of the portal. No, he's just not healthy. I mean, he can't stay on the court. And he doesn't, yeah. and he doesn't, when he's in there, because of his health issues, he's slow moving. I mean, he moves slowly. He doesn't, he doesn't have that, that quick twitch to him right now. And hard to, when you got a bad back, hard to have quick twitch going on. And you've got bad shoulders. It's just, it's just, he's just beat up. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he adds a presence, you know, every once in a while he'll block a shot, but offensively he doesn't give you very much. He just, he can't. No, he can't. And uh, yeah, well, th there were a couple of Longhorns who were no shows last night. I mean, Tyrese Hunter, another melt carton game for him. And yeah. He's just had way too many of those. And when he goes up against great competition, oh my goodness, he's a non-factor way more often than not. And he did nothing on either end of the floor last night. He played 42 minutes. He, he played more minutes than everybody except Max Asmus in the game last night. He had just five points for Texas. And he was the primary defender on Jamal Shedd, who was the leading scorer last night. By the way, Jamal Shedd, uh, the former Mainer yeah. graduate from the Austin area, he was phenomenal last night. Had a group of about 10 friends and family sitting right behind the Houston bench. Uh, you talk about a homecoming. Obviously, his first chance to play the Longhorns wow. here in Austin in his college career with Houston making the leap to the Big 12. Uh, he showed up and showed out last night. Yeah, Tyrese Hunter, the primary defender on Jamal Shedd, uh, couldn't stop him. And Tyrese Hunter didn't do anything offensively. So, like, that's – you needed your guards to hang with the guards of Houston and Tyrese they Hunter. can't hang with those game. guys. Those guys are hard. There's, there's nobody hanging with those two. Now, now, look, Houston's got great guard play. I mean, really, they've got three with LJ Cryer, the Baylor transfer, yeah. who didn't play that well last night. No. Uh, but it, it, early, I thought he was going to light it up. It looked like he was – he was hitting a, he hit a couple jumpers and he kind of faded away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, it's 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 disappointing. It's been the same narrative with Tyrese Hunter for the entirety of his Texas career. There are some games he looks like 
he's an NBA player. Yeah. And there are some games it's like, God, is this dude really helping our team win? And last night was uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I I did like the way Mitch, Mitchell played last night. You, you finally yeah. saw him, you know, every time he'd get a one-on-one, he was, he was going to pull up, take his jumper, feel confident about his jumper, or he was going to take the guy to the hole. And then his athleticism really showed last night too. You know, that's, that's the kind of guy he should be every game. That's that's that should be his every game right there. What we saw against that kind of competition. When he plays to a, a competition that's not quite like that, he's just kind of around. You know, this is that that performance last night should be the performance that you see. What sixteen points, ten rebounds. That should be him every night. Yeah, yeah. Speaking that of NBA, yeah, he looked like a first round pick last night. Like that's what he was supposed to be coming yeah. out of high school when he was a top ten recruit in the country. Right. Right, like there's, a, I'm sure, a big part of him and a part of me that's disappointed that he's still in college because he just he didn't live up to the hype last year. Right, I'm waiting for him to consistently live up to the hype. And last night was one of those games that NBA scouts salivate over, and it's like, oh, oh. yeah. But you're right, like we need to see that more often from him. You know what we don't need to see more often from him is those missed dunks. Oh. He had two or three of those last night, and when you lose a game by four in overtime. Uh, obviously every point is critical and there was one early in the game one late in the game on a putback and he missed another easy lay-in from like three feet away like those those hurt but for the most part yeah dylan mitchell showed up he was one of your yeah. best players maybe what, your what was the what was the free throw what, what how did texas do at the free throw line because i didn't pay much yeah. attention to that now i'm glad you brought that up there were, there were two things that killed texas more than anything else last night free throws and rebounding and yeah the longhorns were 14 of 20 from the free throw Ooh. line last night, which is 70%. Now, they made a lot of them uh, in overtime, right? Max yeah. Aceman was pretty good at the line, but I think Texas at one point was 5 of 10 from the charity stripe. So they they missed a lot early. They left a lot of points on the board. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Houston was 12, 12 of 16. Texas was 14 of 20 from the Ooh. charity stripe. Some of those missed free throws were huge. Dylan Mitchell was one of those guys. He was just 2 of 4 from the free throw line last night. And then the rebounding, like we'll hear from Rodney Terry in a moment, got a couple of cuts from the coach, and then we'll get into the Rodney Terry discussion, which seemingly has to be had after every single Texas game, win or lose. But the rebounding was a problem, and it's been a problem for the Horns this year, Buck. Texas was out-rebounded 47-36 to last night. Houston out-rebounded Texas on the offensive glass 15-8. to The Cougs had 19 second chance points and they went into the game being one of the best in the nation at that at offensive rebounds yeah well they they are if there's one word i would use to describe houston basketball under kelvin sampson it's relentless they are relentless they do not take plays off they go after every single rebound every single loose ball they They stop their fast break yep i mean they they stop it it's the energizer bunny it's a whole team of energizer bunnies they just do not stop ever and if you take one play, hell, if you take one second off against that bunch, then you're going to get beat to a loose ball, to a rebound, yes. to the spot, whatever. And, yeah, that's what happened last night. I mean, Houston, the, the, the frustrating part about Texas's rebounding struggles, Texas has three significant players who are, you know, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, or taller, right? Dylan Mitchell, 6'8", with crazy athleticism and a super long wingspan. Dylan DeSue, 6'9". Caden Shadrick, 6'10", 6'11". But nobody on Houston is over 6'8". Oh, no, but their wingspan is seven-footers. They go they go to the hole, and they're aggressive. They don't play around. If that ball gets to that rim and it comes off, 
They don't miss very many shots, but when they come off, they're right there to get the rebound, and they'll kick it back out or they'll put it back up. Texas doesn't have guys that are, are ferocious like that to the boards. Bingo. You know? Like I, yeah, you know how critical I can be of Rodney Terry. Like that, that's not a Rodney Terry issue to me. These, that's these a player kids, issue. These, these kids have been taught how to box out since they were five years old. Yes. Like they, they know what they're supposed to do when the ball goes up. They just there's too many times you go back and watch the game last night. There are too many times where guys are just standing around waiting for the ball to come to them instead of putting a body on somebody and boxing out and actually trying to go up and get a rebound. And that's one of those things that I'm talking about. If you take a second off against that team, they are going to beat you because they don't do that stuff. They don't sit and hope and wait for the ball to come to them. They go and get well, Brock Cunningham will take his body and push you into the crowd in order to get a rebound, but there's not enough. But he does some other things that he doesn't do well, but he'll box out and he'll go for rebound. But a bunch of them don't. Their guards aren't going to get rebounds. Hunter, no. those guys aren't getting rebounds because the guards from Houston are going to get the rebounds. They're going to go to the they're going to go to the hole. They're going to go to the boards because they can jump, they can leap. I mean, Shed and the rest of those guys are physical guys that will go to the boards. They like to start fast breaks, and they also like to get back on fast breaks. If you think you're going to outrun them back down the court, they stop you at half court. They don't let you get past half court where you think you got a break going on. They stop the break. They do. Yeah. They stop yeah. it. Don't make you pass it off to somebody. But there's nobody behind them. There, nobody gets behind those guys. No. You're right. Neither team could really get out and transition no. yesterday. Uh, and I'll credit the Texas team. You know, Texas didn't turn the ball over a lot. Uh, they did a good job playing some half-court defense, especially in the second half when they got back into the game. But I'm glad you brought up Houston's guards and their constant effort on the glass. Yeah, Houston had two guards with eight rebounds last night. Like Dylan wow. DeSue had six boards. Caden Shedrick had four boards. Those guys are 6'9 and 6'11 respectively. Two of Houston's starting guards had eight boards each. Like it's, everybody is going after rebounds for them. And this is this is not a one-time thing, right? It's easy to say, oh, Houston's a top five team in the country and whatever. No. They, they out-rebound most teams. They do. They do. But this is now six of the last seven games where the Longhorns have been out-rebounded by their opponents. Well, they and had to the against BYU, too. I mean, that, that game oh, they lost. got crushed on the glass by yes. BYU. You think of the UCF loss, right? Probably the worst conference loss of the year for Texas, losing that one at home. And obviously started the whole horns down controversy that caused a lot of people to change their minds on this head coach. They got out rebounded by 15 in that game. And like Texas is far from the biggest team in the country and their guards obviously are, are very undersized, but there aren't a lot of teams that have two to three guys on the floor who are six, eight or taller at all times. And Texas's bigs aren't good enough on the glass. And no, they're not quick enough. No, yeah, that's frustrating. So that the rebounds and the free throws were, Two huge factors in uh, why Texas. I believe that for, for, for this team, the fact that when we talk about Mitchell not being able to get his offense, he has to do so many different things when it comes to rebounding. He has to be a part of that rebounding scheme that, you know, he, he doesn't have the time to be working on his offensive game when he knows I got to get on the boards. We don't have anybody else that will get up here athletically and get on these boards if I don't do it. If that guy doesn't go to the boards, DeSue's not a board guy unless it bounces close to him and his height just does it for him. He's not an aggressive offensive board guy. Now, he's an offensive player, I believe, but I don't think he's an offensive. I don't think they take the rebounds too serious. You know? Doesn't look like it. Right? If it comes their way, they'll get it. They're not going to scrap for it. Their guards aren't going to get it because their guards are going to get out physical by everybody that they play. It just is. And that's yeah. a shame for Hunter because that guy looks like the kind of guy that can, hell, he's not shooting that well. He ought to be able to at least go to the boards and get on the boards. 
but he's always in a bag pedal because of the other teams that'll get out and run. But they did a good job not letting Houston get out and run on them last night, I thought. Yeah, That's what no, kept they, did, in the they, game. they did a lot of things really well last yes. night. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough. And there were a few things that they did not do well that uh, cost them what would have been the biggest win of the season. Uh, let's hear one from Rodney Terry. We'll save the other one. We'll get back into this in the 9 o'clock hour for the uh, later arriving crowd. But here's the opening statement from the post-game press conference from the head coach. We'll have a Big 12 game tonight. Um, I'd like to thank our students for coming out. Our students came out in a big, big-time way for us. They were, they were huge tonight. Overflow section up top. Um, made a great environment tonight uh, in terms of having a home court. Longhorn Nation came out tonight and really support Supported us tonight in a big-time way. Uh, I thought our guys gave a great effort tonight against a, a, a really high-level team uh, in our league and in the country. Well-coached. Um, we have a lot of respect for. And, uh, you know, again, it's not it's not enough for us trying to come close or have a moral victory. We're not in it for moral victories. We, we, we compete at the University of Texas to win. And, uh, and I know our guys tried to do that tonight at all. At a, at a very high level. Uh, no disappointment in their effort and their want to and the want to win tonight uh, at, at home. Um, but uh, again, we'll keep working hard and keep trying to get better in this league. Hey, I wanted that moral victory. What are you talking about? Don't, don't knock me for wanting that moral victory. You got that last night. You took that team to overtime. They could have run you right out of the joint. And you got a lot to work on. It's not like you got a, a couple little things to work on. You got to, if you're looking for wins over teams like Houston and K State and Kansas and Iowa State, you got more than one thing you got to do, coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and your team played well, but, you know, at the end of the buzzer, you're losing, you lose by four, you lose by one, you lose. The moral victory, I, I enjoyed the moral victory last night. That's right. I was looking for a more, I didn't think they were going to beat Houston at home or away because I know they're not going to beat them in Houston, but I wasn't expecting them to win last night. But you know what? I still there were certain things that, that they could have, they should have done better. Yeah, they, they just should have done some of the basic stuff. They should have done better. You know that once again, BK, forget about rebounds by Asimus and 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 Hunter. It's just not going to happen. They're just not big enough. They're little guys and thin guys. Maybe Hunter should be more of a. He should be more of everything for them. He's just not. But forget about the other guy. The other guy who's going to score twenty points for you. Don't expect him to have five, six, seven. Re- He's not going to get that. That's not him. And don't expect him to finish around the rim when you got those other guys. When when Shed and those guys are covering you, you're not finishing on them. First of all, you're not going to finish on their 6'8 guys because they got that that reach, you know what I'm saying, that's going to slap the ball back into the stand. So might as well get shoot your jumpers all you can get because you're not going to the free throw line and you're not going around their guards because their guards are going to physically push you out of the way. They did that again last night. Those guys are big. You're not going to finish on them? Yes, yes. Just a term. What, what game are you watching last night? Come on, man. The Game of Thrones. Come on. Skinamax. No, no, no. Watching the game on. That's they're just tough. They're that, that's just the way it is. That's you're. I know what you want. Wouldn't you like to see Hunter have seven rebounds in a game? Yep. It's it's going to be a rough film watch for Tyrese Hunter. Like I'll I'll go ahead and say it right now. There there are going to be. Uh, some moments in film study today that he is not going to be happy to watch again because he got worked in his one-on-one matchup on both Wait, ends. Wait, does that dude really think he's an NBA player player? That's not an NBA player. Not right now. Not right now. 
Um, maybe I'm moral victory guy. Yeah, you, because, you're more of a moral victory guy than you think. Well, here's I, why. When I was leaving the Moody Center, you know, they give out those five free wing coupons from Pluckers. Did you after, get? Did you go get a bunch of them from people after, again? Well, after a win, right? They only give them out if Texas wins. Uh, and I was walking out. Of course, the ushers, they weren't handing out the coupons because they lost. And I was like, come on. We, we went to overtime. The, no, I said we covered the spread. <laughs> we went 1-0 against the spread tonight. You're telling me I don't get a Pluckers coupon for this? We beat the spread. That's the name of the game. We made people some money tonight. Come I don't get on, these man. coupons. Mm-hmm. They, said, they said no. Moral victory guy. You know you liked that moral victory last night. I'm just yeah. trying to get free food. Uh, that, that's really what it comes down to. I thought that would have been enough to Roddy Terry pretending like he didn't enjoy that moral victory last night. Come on now. Uh, you can't say We know you can't say it, but I guarantee you looked at your coaches when it was just you and your coaches and went, whew, man. We cover. We cover. No, they, go, boys. No, they don't nice. say that. Nice cover. They, they're just saying there's nobody else in this league that should, should beat us. We're good enough to beat everybody else in this league. We're not going to beat that team. We're not going to beat them once because you're not going to Houston. I'll give you another moral victory. If you can stay within 15 in Houston this next time you play this team, there's another moral victory. Yeah. Because that group is going to run you out of the place the way they play. And that wasn't their best game they played last night. They just they messed around with you and didn't get some things done. They'll get it done in their gym. Here's but you a, can't lose to Iowa State. You can't lose to K-State. You no. can't lose to the West Virginias of the world anymore. You got to you got to start winning games at home, Buck. Like this team lost one game in the first 2 years of the Moody Center. They've lost 3 in the last 2 and a half weeks. And like Houston is one thing, but they also lost to UCF at home. Like That was just a flopper. You're going to have one of those a year. You just can't have any more. You know that you you know that they were much better that night. They just that was that was the one. That was the that was the the shitty game for them right there. Yeah. The other ones are competitive games that every yeah. once in a while you lose, but you can't lose anymore. BK, I'm I'm when you said you can lose four, I don't I think that this group right here, two more will hurt them badly. Dude, they're not they're not only losing two. Like I I would love it if you were right. I'll give you all sorts of praise if you're right. This team is losing way more than they got at Kansas, at Texas, yeah. at Houston. Just right there. The, I don't. I don't think they're winning any of those three. They've got at Baylor still. They've got Iowa State at home. They got at TCU. Like, okay, let's go three. I'll say <laughs> okay, I, they're not losing only three either. No, come on. This team after is three and night, five in that, the Big Twelve, and they've played most of their easy Big Twelve games. Dude, after that trophy winner last night, they're ready now. They're ready to go. I don't care if the big man's got a heating pad on or he's got shoulder pads on. They're ready. That was that was. They played okay last night. They didn't play great. Some of the fundamentals were missing, but that's a group that could have beat them by twenty last night. Anywhere they play them. Yep, it was looking like it for a while because the first half was. Oh not yeah, good. I was worried. I was worried in the first half. Yeah, Texas was down eight at recess, and like they they scored. And you 40. thought it was going to be more. You could feel like you didn't feel like it was going to be a comeback. You felt like it was going to start getting stretched out a little bit. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, well, I'll give the Horns a ton of credit. They, they fought back. They forced overtime. They played well. But there you go. That's about. what I. That's what I want to hear. What you're talking about right now. That's the kind of hey, the kind of victory, moral victory we wanted right there. You're talking about it right now. They played so well. 
That ain't a moral victory. They did what? play well, but it the little help things them. are the little things really big things when it comes to playing. Well, it's big things when it comes to playing teams like that, getting victories against teams like that. But some of these other, you know, best conference in in the country by far. Every sure. Weekend, week out, night in, night out, you can get beat by anybody that's left on your schedule. Any of them. Just yeah, any of them. Yeah, and just remember, just remember this. Okay. Texas was, picked, guy. Texas was picked to finish third in this conference, not by Texas Sports Unfiltered, not by the Austin American Statesman, not by any Austin media. They were picked to finish third by folks all around this conference and national college basketball analysts, okay? That's what your expectation for this team should have been. This was a preseason top 20 team. That should be your expectation. Okay, right well, now they're, they're going to finish fifth. Right now, third. Texas, they're third to last, Buck. They're 12th out of 14. So that's where we're at right now. Like we're finishing fifth, BK. That'd be we're great. Be if they finish fifth, they'll be in the tournament. Then, hey, we'll all be feeling pretty good about their chances to win a game in the tournament. Because if they finish fifth, that means they're going to go on the road and beat one of those four teams that I just mentioned. But the reality of the situation right now is regardless of how close some of these games have been, this team is third to last in a league that they were picked to finish third in. So well, the they, other ones weren't moral victories when they lost. They were just losses. This is a moral victory. Yeah. Last night's a moral victory. Come on. Join yeah, in with me. The, join in with me and my Aggie friends of uh, the moral victory crowd. Come on, come on, Aggie Buck today. Show it up. Come on, man. I, 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 I didn't say they were going to win. I had no – I didn't think they were going to win that game last night. And I know they're not winning the game in Houston. I don't care if they win every game until they play that game. When they go to Houston, they're getting blown out by at least 15. That line better be 10 or more. And yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. So, so we'll get that. that one. Can you get one at Allen Fieldhouse? Can you beat that group possibly? I mean, Kansas has some flaws. Kansas hosts Houston this Saturday in the Ooh. biggest game of the conference this year. That's uh, must-see television this Saturday afternoon. Um Probably not. I mean, look, Texas has won at Allen Fieldhouse. They've had more success against Kansas in the last three years than just about anybody in this league. Kansas is not unbeatable by any right. stretch of the imagination, but they're going to be, you know, five to ten point underdogs in that one. Yes, yeah, so I've seen the rest of the group and the, the Iowa States, and I've seen them play and play pretty good. I've seen Kansas State hang in there with a lot of teams. I mean, all okay. those teams are good enough, you know. They, they can't sneak up on you. I don't care where you play Kansas State and Iowa State, BK. They have to win those games. Those have to be – you can't – that's not – if you lose by one and you lose by a buzzer beater, you lost. I know you'll say, well, you lost last night. Oh, no, they did not lose last night. They're <laughs> winners. They're uh, – you heard Rodney Terry say, hey, I'm proud of the way they played. Yeah. Right? Uh, he did. He did. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Uh, Ken Palm projects six more losses for the Longhorns in, in the last 10 games. <laughs> uh, that Houston game on the road, which is Saturday, February 17th. So two weeks from Saturday, uh, that's projected to be a 14-point loss for I the said Longhorns. 15. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be in there. The They're Kansas just... game right now is projected to be a six-point loss for Texas. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. We'll we'll get back into Texas basketball. We'll let you hear more from Ronnie Terry. I've got some RT thoughts, and I know some of y'all do as well. So keep the text coming on the code of text line, 512-222-9328.
and uh, the YouTube comments as well. Make sure you like this video if you're watching on YouTube this morning. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. And uh, please continue to share and spread the word about Texas sports unfiltered. All right, we'll get into some Texas football. There's, uh, I want to get your power rankings for the best coaches in the SEC going into the 2024 season. But before we get to that, Buck, how about some love to some of our sponsors? Love our friends at Texas Orthopedics. And after my walk yesterday, I may have to go over there and check them out. If you're seeking that specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the experts and our friends at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care. Ooh, my joints, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. Love Dr. Christopher Danny and Dr. Christopher Stockton. They are dedicated orthopedic surgeons. The goal is to get you back into good health and that great quality of life that you definitely deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Texas Orthopedics. Shout out to our friends at SyntexTickets.com. They had tickets to the game last night. If you want to be in the building for any Texas men's or women's basketball game, you can find them at SyntexTickets.com. If you're planning a trip to Vegas for the Super Bowl, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you guessed it, SyntexTickets.com. All the concert tickets you could think of. The Eagles are coming to town Friday and Saturday night at the Moody Center. If you want to be in the building for that one, I believe it's their 44th reunion tour and uh, their 32nd farewell tour. Uh, they've got those seats for you online right now. It's simple. You just pull out your phone or your computer. You log on to SentexTickets.com, and just like that, all of the tickets to any live event you could think of are right there at your fingertips. As the buck says, get them to me and get them to me quick. Heck, yeah, and big shout-out to our friends uh, Mike and Troy over at Big Hat Spirits and BigHatSpirits.com. Had their mocktail yesterday. As I came off of my 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 walk, my cardio walk, I said, "Let me try this and see what is this a this the type of drink I want to drink after a good walk." Well, obviously, it has no alcohol in it, but it's got ginger, it's got orange, lemon, it's got lime in it, and I do love that that hint of, of ginger that it has in it. But I put a little water in there. I added water in there with ice, and boy, what a great drink after a nice workout. Good stuff. That ginger, love that ginger taste, and I and I love it. The fact that hey. It's thirsty. It, it, it quenches my thirst, but it doesn't have any alcohol in it whatsoever. So loving the mocktails. HEB is loving it, too, because they're all over HEB right now and uh, getting in the stores. And uh, you'll love it, too. I mean, if you if you if you want to be at a party and you're not interested in having a Coca-Cola or, or sugary iced tea with you and you want and everybody else is having their Allstat or, or, or some of the other fine drinks that Big Hat has, get yourself one of those mocktails. You'll enjoy it. You can drink more than one of those things. And it is absolutely fantastic after coming off the golf course and your buddies are slamming them like BK slamming those all stats the other day, getting rid of that six pack while playing. You get yourself a mocktail and the taste, you're going to absolutely love the way it tastes. I loved it yesterday. It was great because big boys get big, going big now. Don't forget that. Hey, big boy, boys you're doing there. you're doing cardio. What do you mean? You're you're losing weight by doing all that walking. No, no. I've got to get the hamstrings ready. Got to get that back ready. Because I'm going to start stretching out before I play golf from now on, too. Like hey. next year. Next year. 25. I'm going to start my stretching routine. You know, oh, it's January 24, and you're saying next year you're going to yes. start? You're going to push this yes. off 11 months before you Yes, going? I'm going to go out there right out of the car and onto the first tee until 2025 when I really get serious. Well, that is awfully lazy on your part. 
Thank you very much. You're, you're already making that. New Year. It's either lazy or it's uh, innovative. Maybe you're oh, being. No, my, uh, my, my New Year's resolution has always, over the last 15 years, been the same. I'm going to hit the lottery this year. This is my year. Uh, there okay. you go. This is the year? This is the year. We're playing the lottery like every week? No, I mean, only when it's over 30, 40 million. Because anything mm -hmm. less than that, I don't want that. That's just a problem. You know what I'm saying? You know, you wouldn't take like 10 mil? No, no, no. That's only going to get me mad and the government mad at me. So, no. I need it to oh. over 30 million. Okay, over 30 million. Yeah, I love uh, how progressive you are making New Year's resolutions for next year already, too, with uh, your stretching. Smart. Very smart on my part. Yes, indeed. Uh, our guy CB asked earlier if we're wearing matching hats. Yes, we are. Yes, we, we are. are wearing matching hats from our friends at Covert Bee Cave. And I don't think Dan or Hayden are wearing these hats in the commercial, no. but we'll let you see them because they look a lot better than we do. Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert Bee Cave. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Thank oh, yeah. you, Covert family. I'm, I'm going to go over there and look at a used uh, caddy very soon. I need a little hatchback. You know, my Subaru is starting to get some miles on it. Now, I don't play around with a car now. You know me. I travel a lot. I drive a lot. My wife thinks I'm a professional trucker drive, who drives a Subaru. So I'll put forty-five to almost 50,000 miles on a car a year. That's just me. I got to get out and go. Mm -hmm. I can't stay in one place too long. I got I got to be on the move. So got to go see the folks over at... Uh, Covert bee caves about one of those caddies. I like those caddies with the hatchback. I like those, I don't know, what are they? One, two, six. They go all the way up to like six. They had all these different numbers. That's why I need to go out there on a Sunday and jump the gate and check them out, you know? Why can't you go when they're open? No, I I like to look at things for myself first. I like to I like to view the product and then I'll come over and ask for help. I don't want somebody talking to me immediately. Now you, because you people don't understand cars, need to go out there and have somebody help you. They got plenty of salespeople awaiting you. Me, I got to get the feel of the car. You know what I'm saying? I got to eyeball it, put my like a slot machine, put my hand on it a little bit. You know, you can do that with somebody else there. You know that. Want anybody watching me while I fill up the cars? Mm. Oh, what are you doing to those cars? Come on, man. Come yeah. on. Where's your oh, other hand? Right, pipe or something? Oh you know? yeah. Where's your other hand during all of this <laughs> stuff? Gross. Oh, boy. Oh, you just said you know all about cars, and then you're like, yeah, what is it? The Cadillac 1, 2, 4, 6? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, God. All right. Our Shout-out to our guy Steve, Steve Peters, uh, the best photographer in the game. He took uh, all of the Texas sports unfiltered photos at the Capitol a few weeks ago. Might need uh, to hit Steve up for some new photos at some point soon. Heck, yeah, man. He's the man, but he is a U of H fan, so uh, he gets to rub it in a little bit today as his Cougs found a victory last night. We'll get back into Texas basketball in hour number two. I uh, spent plenty of time talking about that to start the show. That is the, the biggest Longhorn story of the day, of course. Uh, but let's talk some Texas football here, Buck. All right, buddy. And I asked you before the show to do a little homework assignment. And I wanted you to come up with your power rankings for the best coaches in the SEC in 2024. Now, obviously, Nick Saban would have been number one on everybody's list 
in every other year except this one, but he is now gone. So uh, just curious your thoughts on the top coaches and maybe where Steve Sarkeesian fits in amongst the best coaches in this conference as the Longhorns make the move to the SEC. Well, he fits right behind Kirby Smart at number two. Really? For me, yes. And then Josh Heupel at three from Tennessee. Number four, uh, Drinkowitz from Missouri. Number five, LSU's head coach, Coach Kelly. Sorry, Lane Kiffin, you didn't make the top five at Mississippi. Until you do something outside of the regular season, I don't think so. I, I just I, And I'm not a big Shane Beamer fan in South Carolina. I think South Carolina will always be South Carolina. They're not going anywhere. They're really not going to threaten anybody in the SEC for, you know, playoff. I, I, I just don't. I just don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think they've jumped. I mean, for them, they're already past what they used to be, but I don't think they go any further under Shane Beam. I just don't think so. I think they'll just level out, win eight games a year, maybe one year with nine. But other than that, I, I just don't buy I just don't buy South Carolina at all. You know, I have a hard enough time buying Tennessee and Heupel, but I, I just think he's, he's done some things over the last couple of years. And with his recruiting and his quarterback play, They've done pretty well. And so I've had, I've got Heupel as three. Now, some people may say, really? Why do you have, why is Josh Heupel number three? I just think that the Tennessee program is still on the rise. I don't think they've leveled out. I think they're more on the rise from what they used to be. Remember, they had those down times and it seemed like forever. I think he's done a great job at Tennessee, really. But they're okay. going to start getting on his ass, too, about not winning championships in the SEC or being in Final Fours, you know? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's not going to be long before they're on him. Joey Freshwater, he just seems to get a pass when he goes to places like Mississippi that weren't any good, and he makes them good when they win eight or nine games. So they'll keep him around. But I, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't buy his coaching. Okay. Now Drinkowitz, that I mean he had a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a two years, as a matter of fact, at Missouri. Yeah, Mizzou, Mizzou this year won 11 games. They won the uh, Cotton Bowl against Ohio State. Uh, great year for Mizzou. Yeah, and I've got Kelly at five at LSU because they have too much talent for them to, to stay number five. They're just, you know, their recruiting is is too high powered. You know, they got the Heisman Trophy winner. They, 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 they're supposed to be a defensive team more so than an offensive team, and they just were horrible on defense this year. And, I, I mean, they've got studs. They got athletes. I just don't know if they've got the coaching on the defensive side right now. So, yeah. Now, now that they got a defensive line coach, I want to see how that changes this year for Coach Kelly. Or sure. he start coming under fire. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It was really good year one for Brian Kelly in 2022. Yes. And LSU had big aspirations this past season, and they came up short. They had the Heisman winner, but because their defense was so bad, right. uh, they were nowhere close to the SEC championship and nowhere close to the college football playoff. So, Is Sark uh, okay at two? Do you think that's okay at two? Mm, or are you, you thinking three or four? Yeah. So here's uh, – I'll read you this article. This is what uh, spurned this homework assignment. This comes from Saturday Down South, which is uh, you know an SEC publication – some Texas fans probably already know what this is, and I think a lot of Texas fans will read more of their content going forward as Texas jumps to the SEC. But they uh, they ranked all of the coaches in the SEC, and they kind of did it into tiers. So not only do they have your traditional, you know, one, two, three, four, right. five, they also tiered these guys as well. And the first tier is championship elite. Oh. And, there are and there are two coaches that they have in this championship elite tour 
Number one is Kirby Smart. And yes. any any SEC coach power ranking that doesn't have Kirby Smart number one is it's not legit. Yeah, you shouldn't uh, be reading the rest of the article. Number two, and the only other coach they have in that category is Brian Kelly. Mm. And a lot of it has to do with just what Brian Kelly has done in the past, right? I mean, had a lot of success at Notre Dame, uh, played in a national championship game one year, or I should say coached his team to a national championship game one when year. When he was coaching the history of Notre Dame, yes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got plenty of skins on the wall. So I have no problem with Brian Kelly being number two. I would also have Brian Kelly. Number two, did he do the second best coaching job in the SEC this past season? No, not even close. He's probably outside of the top five. If you just look at uh, some of the other jobs that coaches were able to do in that conference, but I will, uh, I'll, I'll side with the resume. Okay. Ryan Kelly, number two, but then you get to the second tier. It's one step away. And Saturday down South has Lane Kiffin as its number three coach. Yes, of course. Why are they so enamored by that dude? They won 11 games last year, which is a school record. Uh, they've won double-digit games in two of the last three seasons, which, you know, you got to remember Ole Miss is is not a blue blood, right? They play in the SEC right. West, so they get lumped in with the Alabamas and the LSUs of the yes. world. But you know, they, they don't have the history that any of those programs have. We're close to it. So... I, I would not have Joey Freshwater this high either, but that is the argument that Saturday Down South is making in favor of having Lane Kiffin yeah, dude, there. I mean, Feinbaum doesn't like him, but he, in a way he does like him just because he's in the SEC. He wants to tell you that he sucks, but he, he won't actually really, really say that. He only sucks when he plays against Alabama, and that's when Feinbaum gets on, on Freshwater. Other than that, oh, he's one of the best coaches in the nation, and Mississippi is one of the best teams. Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. Do you like him or don't you like him? Oh, you like him when he's not playing Alabama. But when he's playing somebody else, oh, he's one of the best coaches. He'll beat Tennessee. He'll beat Missouri. He'll beat teams like that, maybe. He's got that uh, James Franklin to him. Yes. Not not personality-wise, but, like, he's done a great job of beating the teams he's supposed to beat. Yes. But when he goes up against the best teams and the best coaches, it's not good enough. No. That's that's where Joey Freshwater is, and the question for him is, is that going to be enough? Or at some point, do Ole Miss fans say, like, hey, you've been great. You win more than most of our coaches win, but it's not good enough for you to just win, you know, nine or ten games every year but lose How to Alabama. How many games did last year, 11? They won 11 games. That's going to be good. That's That'll be good enough to get you in the playoffs this year. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, if they go 11-2 and two this coming season, obviously you had a bowl game in there. So yep. speaking of Penn State, they beat Penn State in that uh, Peach Bowl, one of the New Year's Six. Yeah, if they go 10-2 and two in the regular season in the SEC, then, yeah, they'll make it to the 12-team playoff. So, yep. uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think Joey Freshwater is a very good coach. I think a lot of people uh, hold his personality against him. I think sure. a lot of people remember what he did at Tennessee and how bad of a coach he was in the NFL, and they just, you know, still hold that against Freshwater. So uh, I would not have him ahead of Steve Sarkeesian right now, who is number right. four. He's number four on this uh, Saturday down south coaching ranking. So I'm not totally ridiculous of having him at number two. No, I don't think so. I mean, last year he did a tremendous job. He did a better job than Brian Kelly did last year. And look, yes. Texas made it to the playoff and Ole Miss didn't. So you could put him ahead of Lane Kiffin in that regard too. Uh, it, it it feels like he is building a monster and 
you know, I think a lot of Texas fans and a lot of national people want to make sure that it could happen two yes. years in a row. Yeah, right? especially in that conference right there. Yeah, you're you're right. Sure, because I think, uh, you know, after Tom Herman's second year, we all felt really good about where he was and where the program was going. And then, well, he wasn't able to put it together in back-to-back seasons, right? Texas took a step back after their really successful year under the previous head coach. I think, uh, you know, if Texas is 11-1 and one again this season and they're in the college football playoff again, then I think, uh, yes, yeah, Sark's going to continue to rise on rankings like these. Um, but he is number four on this list. Number five, Kalen DeBoer making the jump from Washington yeah. to Alabama. He was not in your top five. That's, no, uh, I almost put him at five. I almost, I almost didn't have because of the miscues by Brian Kelly last year. I almost didn't have coach Kelly in there at all in the top five. I was, that was just such a, I mean, because when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to having the Heisman Trophy winner, when it comes to always having a running back, a couple wide receivers at LSU, I mean, they had two of the best wide receivers in the nation too last year at LSU. Well, that's why that's, that's what helped get that kid that daggum Heisman Trophy too, sure. throwing to the guys that he threw to. It's just the defense was so bad. Coach, how did you let that defense that a year before that with Perkins was unbelievable? How did it get, how did it turn around and be so bad the following year? It just, that's just such a big jump the way they played D last year, I guess. I blamed it on the head coach, but I probably should have blamed it on the defensive coaches, which he got rid of a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I see that. And and the Gore's coming in there. Yeah, I mean, he's going to the right place. That guy can coach. Yeah. Yeah, he can. And, I mean, it, it's weird seeing him rank below Steve Sarkeesian on a coaching power rankings list because, well, Kalen DeBoer has gotten the better of Sark two years in a row. Uh, they played twice, and DeBoer's team is 2-0 and against Sark's yeah. team. But obviously, Sark is at Texas. He's been at Texas. DeBoer is, you know, going to Alabama. And right. it might take him some time uh, to really get things ramped up. Although, I will say this about Kalen DeBoer. Like, he's not Nick Saban. He won't be Nick Saban. Of he's course. not going to hurt that quarterback, though. But Nick Saban, Nick Saban's second year as a major Division One head coach at Michigan State, he was 6-6. Six and six. This past season was Kalen DeBoer's second year as a major college football head coach, and Washington played in the national championship. So, like, Kalen DeBoer, is, he's, he's a phenomenal coach. He's won at every level he's been at. And I yes. thought it was a really good hire by Alabama. Obviously, people are worried about the fit, and it's never easy to follow a, a guy half as good as Nick Saban, let alone Nick freaking Saban. But I, I feel like Alabama did a really good job with that hire, and um, yeah, I mean, I think Kalen DeBoer is going to have a lot of success in Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, he's going to help. He's going to help there. You know, you know, they it took them a while to get their quarterback all settled and set. And is he a backup? Is he the starting quarterback? I think Kalen DeBoer's do a great job with him at quarterback. Yeah. That's the scary part for me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Alabama still has talent. They obviously lost a bunch of guys to the portal when uh, the Saban news dropped, but uh, they still recruit really well. They still have a lot of talent, and they've got their quarterback back, most importantly. Yes. And, yeah, you look at what Michael Penix was able to do in his time with Kalen DeBoer in that offense. Uh, you know, Jalen Milrow, I don't think he has the arm that Michael Penix has, but Michael Penix ain't the athlete that Jalen Milrow is. No. So that's a, a scary thought about what Jalen Milrow could turn into with Kalen DeBoer as his head coach. So there's the top five for them. We'll, uh, we'll round out the top ten on these SEC head coach power rankings. Once again, Steve Yeah, because I'm real interested in seeing where Josh Heibel, what they think of him at Tennessee. They've got right. Hugh Freeze at number six. Really? 
the Auburn head coach, who hasn't been there long. I think last year was his first year. They went six and seven. They obviously almost beat Alabama. Alabama had that miracle fourth and 31 uh, on that fourth and goal to win that game. They didn't get but, blown out by anybody. They were in, in just about every game, weren't they, last year, Auburn? Yeah, Are there any games that so. they got just hammered? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I know they played Georgia close. Mm-hmm. I, think they, I think they played Ole Miss close. And obviously they played Bama very close. Yeah, they so, uh, the real meat of their schedule, they were right in the thick of things, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Hugh Freeze has obviously been an SEC head coach before and had some success in that league. Cheater. They uh, love cheaters. Cheaters are champions. Uh, of course. It, it just means more over there. You know, I'm like, yes. Ole Miss hired Chris Beard right away. I guess, you know, <laughs> if you can win, point. you can win. It don't matter. That's all we care about down here. Uh, your boy Josh Heupel is number seven. Wow. Followed by Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou. Nobody likes Mizzou, do they? They they just look at that program and go, it's Mizzou. Yeah. I mean, I hate Mizzou. They had a fantastic year. I know everybody hates Mizzou. They had a fantastic year last year. Sure. They won 11 games. Two games. Two years, I think. They were were six and seven two years ago. Six and seven to 11 wins last year. People were ready to fire Eli Drinkwitz. Like last year was a massive year for him. He relinquished play calling duties, right? He was their okay. offensive play caller. Right. He, hired, he hired somebody else to do it, and it worked. So maybe that's, uh, you know, that was clearly the right move for Drinkwitz last year. Maybe that's something that can keep Mizzou relevant in the SEC moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was it was a struggle for him his first few seasons there. He's a likable guy. He's got a little riverboat gambler to him. I think mm-hmm. his players love him. Uh, but can he put it together in back-to-back seasons? Uh, that's sort of the big question there. And then Mike Elko, number 10, first-year head coach at Texas A&M. He rounds out the top 10. He's ahead of Mark Stoops, who, of course, A&M almost hired. Well, they, did, they hired that guy for like three hours, didn't they? A little less than that. Once they found out Stoops, they said, nope, he's out. Yeah, once uh, they realized how much the fans hated that decision, they uh, they couldn't do it. And then the back end, you've got Sam Pittman at Arkansas. That guy was a rock star two years ago. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he coaches against Texas. That game is November 16th. I think it's the third to last game of the year for the Longhorns. Ooh, he may be gone by then. Might be gone by then. Or that could be the game that gives him another year. We've seen that before. Oh, yes, we have. Your boy, the tossed salad, Cliff Kingsbury. That's right. He won a game against Texas Tech when he was uh, about to get let go. And My boy's not getting a job. Why? What's the deal about... Is he just not a good coach? He's just a good-looking coach? Is that what it is? Cliffy? Yeah. Nobody's hired him for any why – I mean, why isn't he on somebody's staff as a, you know, analyst? Hmm. Well, he's been getting some offensive coordinator interviews around the NFL. Okay. I don't think, I don't think anyone's hired him yet. I don't know if anyone's even offered him yet. But he's uh, he's been getting some looks. He was at USC this past year as an analyst, as you like to call it. Hmm. Um, did we forget about the board? No, he was number five. We talked about him for like three minutes. Uh, he was number five on this list. Uh, Sam Pittman, number 12. Shane Beamer, uh, Beamer at South Carolina, number 13. So at least they're not buying like I'm not buying. Billy Napier at Florida, another coach who could get fired by the time Texas plays them this year. Yeah, somebody can go in and make that program the real deal. They've been the real deal before, so. Of course. Bring back Urban Meyer. 
Urban Meyer once said, hey, what did, what did Urban Meyer say about his players? He said, um, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with it. Just go continue on. I, there's something he said about a player that's the funniest deal. All my never little have coaching. the flu? No, he didn't say I never have the flu. He said that um, there's nothing to fear but fear itself or some weird well, stuff. That's not him. What? What is that? He's stealing lines. No, no, I'll get it. It's 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 pretty good. It's a good one, BK. I had it last week. I had all those coaches. Remember all those little coaches things I had? Yeah. yeah. No, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. What is he, FDR? Urban <laughs> no. Meyer, no surprise that that scumbag is taking credit for quotes <laughs> from former presidents. I'm pretty sure this one he got from somebody else, too. Yeah. Oh my God! Wait, what, what did he say? I have a dream. He's taking no, credit he for that, that one too. No, 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 no. Four score and seven years ago. We he the people. He did. Yeah, we the people. <laughs> oh man, come on, Urban man. Yeah, oh. bless it. So Napier fourteen, Jeff Lebby fifteen, the new head coach at Mississippi State. Of course, the Longhorns will see the Bulldogs this season. Uh, Lebby was the offensive coordinator at OU this past year. And then oh no, he said of his players. Listen, he said of his player. He goes, one of he said this of one of his players. He said, um, "There's nothing to fear but Aaron no. Hernandez." No. <laughs> well done. Gabe. He doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. And then he said, "I just saw his grades. He doesn't know the meaning of a lot of words." He said, mm. "I just saw his grades. He doesn't know the meaning of a lot of words." That's, that's the that's the the quote. Yes. He says he doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. He goes, yeah, he doesn't know the meaning of a lot of words. I just saw his grades. Mm. Thanks, Urban. Aaron Hernandez doesn't know need, the meaning. They need of him the back at Ohio State. Bring him back. Get rid they, of would, they would take that dude back in a heartbeat. You think so? Oh, my God. Yes. It's not like they fired him. He just left because his head oh, started Oh, he had a hurt. heart condition or something, didn't he? And whenever he, he realizes things are starting to unravel or he's about to get in trouble, his uh, health issues pop up. No different than Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. Let's get out while the getting is good. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Those guys don't make up a health issue, though. They're just like, see ya. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with their health. They're just leaving. No, we're I'm cheating. Stop going to the NFL. I'm going to take hey, a We're job. cheating. We're out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, someone caught us cheating. We better leave before no, we get Oh, my funny. goodness. They, they oh, I can't wait. In the NFL. And then uh, another coach that Texas will see. This is what, like, Texas has, you hate to use the word easy when you're ever talking about the SEC, but Texas has about as easy of an SEC schedule as you could possibly get. Because the 16th and final coach on this ranking is Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has been yeah. the, the bottom feeder of that conference for a long time. So the fact that Texas gets coaches 14, 15, and 16, and also 12. So four of the bottom five coaches on these coach power rankings sure. are on Texas's schedule this coming season. You, ca- you can't ask for much more than that, can you? Like it's not you still got to go to Michigan and play the defending champs. You obviously have a Georgia too, so you're playing the last three champions of the sport. So you've got some hard games and OU, you know, at whatever. Still the SEC, but this is about all you could ask for for a Texas fan. Like this, this needs year to number be, one. Yes, this needs to be a good year. If Texas takes a big step back, it's going to suck for a lot of reasons. But and the schedule, I don't know if the schedule is ever going to be this easy in the SEC for the Longhorns. What's a big step back? 
Man, I mean, anything under 10 wins would feel like a big step back, I think. Yeah, I We're think talking nine would... and three, like eight, eight and four is probably a big step back. Yeah, nine nine wins is okay. Nine wins is not a big step back. Nine wins is disappointing. Yes, but it's still in the and SEC. It, nine wins your first year in. Yes, and it's a step back. But it, yeah, you know, big step back. You might have to go down to to eight wins because that's three fewer wins than what you had in the regular season this year. Like that's that qualifies as a big step back, especially when you know you went from eight to eleven. So you took a big step forward. Sure. You go all the way back down to eight the following season. No, you can't go back to eight anymore. That's a big step back right there. So there you go. Those are your SEC coach power rankings. And another reason why I think, look, expectations are already high, even before we talked about this article. Now, Texas might be the number two team in the country uh, in the preseason AP top 25 poll when we get there. What was the T-shirt group? Where, where were they? Number 10? Venables, the T-shirt uh, model. He was number eight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still, jury's still out for me on Venables. Like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, you, you think it's a big year for the for Texas. Oh, you, this is a big year for both teams walking in there, especially for Venables. I mean, Venables. You know, the T-shirt king. I mean, wow. He bought himself, look, he had a great year too. Like year one was not good. They were, what, six and six in the regular mm -hmm. season. Uh, worst record in a long time. For the Sooners, but year two, you know, they beat Texas. Obviously, a huge win for them. Uh, they won double-digit games. They had two losses, which kept them out of the Big Twelve Championship. But they were, you know, on the road by a combined eight points. So, hey, they played the Alamo Bowl though. That was cool. Did. Yeah, clearly <laughs> they lost the Alamo Bowl. Oh. couldn't couldn't be us. Uh, clearly, you know, they're they're moving in the right direction. But they they had the cupcake schedule last year. Right. Like they had about as easy as a Big 12. Not that the Big 12 was that good anyways, but they had as easy of a Big 12 schedule as you could have. And they didn't even make it to the conference championship game. Yes. Now you look at their slate compared to Texas's in 2024. Dude, they've got. Yeah, they got away with it last year. Yeah, they uh, they've got some tough ass games coming up. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll and I'm, I'm, I'm and that the young quarterback that ended up playing towards the end of the season. I don't. I I was fearful of the lefty. Now that he's gone to Oregon, that's fine because I'm not so fearful of the kid that came in last year late in the season. I thought he was, I thought he was above average. I know he's a great recruit, and he's not started, you know, the season. And he'll be better as a starter probably. But sure. I wouldn't fear him as much as I did that that dude last year. That guy was that guy was scary good. Yeah, and obviously he had the Longhorns number. Uh, Jackson oh. Arnold, who you're talking about. Yeah, this is OU's schedule. So they play Temple. Not a lot in the non-con. Yeah, they what get Temple. The hell, <laughs> Stan, Stan Drayton. Temple. Nah, I would. Yeah, I would love to play Temple. My God, they get Stan Drayton, the former Texas running back coach, in Week One. They've got Houston in Week Two, in which will will be a non-conference game. Which uh, help me. It's going to take a long time to figure out what conferences are. Uh, next year. Tulane in week three. Tulane's been solid. Decent non-con game. The toughest non-con game OU has. But yeah, look at their conference slate. I mean, Tennessee wow. at Auburn. Obviously, Texas. They've got a trip to Oxford. They've got a trip to Columbia. They've got to host Alabama. And then the last game, let me scroll down on the screen. Their last game is at LSU. Yeah, that's a good seven or eight game, eight win season. So that's, I mean, dude, you compare that to what Texas has, and you're thankful the SEC schedule makers did you a favor in the first year. And, oh, by the way, yeah, OU is 
considered a road game for Texas this season. So the Longhorns only have three true road games in the SEC. Yeah, they have to win all three of those non-conference games. As good as Tulane has been, Oklahoma can't lose to them being an SEC team. That that's that can't happen. Yeah, if they if they don't start three and zero, that's yes. that's scary for them because there uh, there could be a few else. Wow, in conference play. So yeah, so that's that's what they've got. You you feel good about what uh, the Longhorns have? Yeah, they have Maine on there. We got the Black Bears. What is that week eleven? Uh, not that late, but pretty late in the year, November second. Wow, the Maine Black Bears. That game is definitely at home. They're yeah. not traveling. Nobody's traveling to Maine then to play. Where, where, how many seats do they have at Maine's football stadium? Uh, 37,000, something like that. You think it's that many? I think so. I think they're they're just a little smaller than BC. <laughs> yes, oh the Maine God. Black Bears. Wow. <laughs> Dude, 37,000. I just did a quick Google search. Uh, Alphonse Sports Stadium is where the University of Maine plays football. Did I give them too many? 10,000. Sorry. Well, I'll be rooting for them on November 2nd. I can tell you that. Go Maine. I want that game to be on TV so bad and see how cold it is. And with, oh my God, with Oklahoma kids, when they come through that stadium, when they break through the paper mache, you know, when the cheerleaders are holding up the papers, they go through it, the team runs through it, like the little Pop Warner teams. And the parents are standing in the line. That's going to be great. Good luck. OU will never play Maine at Maine. Oh, come on. will never happen, and you know it. Got to have that. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be fantastic. No, I, think, I think BC's holding about 60 grand. So a little bit more than Maine, huh? You're telling Maybe. me an ACC school holds more than an FCS school? Yeah, but at one time, BC was due before they – built the Conti Forum, built into the stadium, the basketball and hockey facility. It was about 40000 when I went there. It was about 40000 Never had a 50000 You had to go play at Schaefer Stadium, the old Schaefer Stadium in Foxborough, in order to play games like that, the Notre Dames of the world. Those games couldn't be played at BC. Uh, I don't think BC's ever played Maine. I don't think even then we played Maine, the Black Bears of Maine. We played them in baseball. That was about it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't uh, Maine. I know nothing about them. All right, I'm trying to pull up this graphic. One one final Texas football thing here to show the people. Another reason why you should be confident that the Horns are going to make some things happen in their first year in the SEC. Here's this. Here's a chart. Returning head coaches and quarterbacks for Texas opponents in 2024. So green means yes, they are returning. Red means no, they are not returning. And these are Texas's opponents this year. I mean, you've got look at all of that red on the quarterback side of things. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight new quarterbacks. Texas plays twelve games, obviously, next season. Eight of those twelve will be against first-year starters at quarterback. Then you look at the head coach category, not as drastic, but four of the 12 games that the Longhorns will play will be against first-year head coaches. So it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There aren't a lot of contenders. We've talked about it, right? Texas, the only team that made the playoff this past season that returns its coach. Are you sure UTSA's quarterback's not back again? I don't think Frank Harris can play till he's 52. (laughs) Come on, Johnny U. 
They got, I think, <laughs> uh, he might be older than Johnny U. Wow. Right now. Uh, yeah, I don't think Frank Harris can come back for another Man. season. But, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's you – know, Texas has coach and quarterback returning. I don't know how many other contenders can say that. I don't know if any other contender can say that. Like Michigan can't. Ohio no. State can't. Alabama can't. Georgia can. That's that's why Georgia's preseason number one, and that's you know they're they're uh, the favorites to win it all next year, and they should be. But like most of the other teams, you know, LSU's replacing its quarterback. Most of the other teams that are expected to be in the mix for the CFP in 2024 are replacing either their head coach right. or their or their starting quarterback. Texas has both of those guys back for year four for the head coach and year three for the QB. That's good. That is good. All right, we'll good, take your thoughts. Good Hit stuff. I like the coaches. I like that that coaches, you know, top five. That's that's good stuff. It's good. I mean, I, I still believe I think Sark is, num, nar, is number two, and I think he'll show that this year. Yeah, I think he's got a chance to to be the second best coach in this conference. So to ta- to overtake Kirby Smart, you're gonna have to win multiple national championships. Yes, you will. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna take a while there now. It will. Uh, yeah, and that, that guy's done an amazing job, and he's now the best coach in college football. That uh, Nick Saban has has hung him up. So uh, that will be a fun one, but a tough one, of course, on October nineteenth, and it will be tough competing against that dude in the foreseeable future. Okay, before we, uh, I got to show you what Kim Mulkey, your girl, was wearing. I last saw her night. last night. I watched. Hey, I watched about five minutes of the game again. Whoa! Yeah, dude, you are the Title Nine king. Yes, sir. I mean, God, I've never seen a supporter like you. I'm unbelievable when it comes to women's college basketball. I am in there now. Hmm. I'm sorry. I better not say that because you'll take it a different way, too. I'm I'm involved now. How's that? Is that better? What way would I have taken it? If I said the word in there and I'm I'm waiting for you to go something else. I'm involved. That's what I mean when I say I'm in there. I'm involved now in women's college basketball. I'm just trying to figure out what you think I was going to say. You know what? Women in there. Or if I would have said up in there, that'd have been different. Up, uh, up in where? <laughs> See, no, forget about. Hey, forget about it, will you? Let me tell you about my <laughs> friends, tell you about my friends that relax the back. You know, I was talking about my back and how it's feeling today after getting out there in the pavement, getting my cardio in yesterday. You know, my back is really jacked up, and it's been jacked up for over 20 years now. But I'll tell you what, since I found the folks that relax the back, uh, it has been magnificent. The chair that I'm in right now, I've been in this chair for about 15, 15 or so years, and it gives me all the support in my thoracic back area and my lumbar area that I really, really need. And you can do the same. They've got numerous chairs over there for you. And folks, they've got not only that, they've got the recliners that you're looking for, Tempur-Pedic mattresses that you're looking for, the pillows, all the accessories that you want to make your life better for sure. Two great locations in BKs at the Hill Country Galleria across from Whole Foods and in North Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. How about our guy Tom McKay with a Facebook comment? Yeah, we stream live on Facebook as well. Make sure you all like us over there. He's at Dr. Eckert's office right now. Tom's going to get my deal done? Yeah, he wants to be that pretty man too. Yeah, he wants to have that pretty smile with those veneers. I love that. Love Mm -hmm. Dr. Eckert. He's going to the right guy. And Tom, he always has a smile. He doesn't need a frown. He doesn't need to turn it upside down. But he can use those veneers, get that Denzel smile, 
Because Tom's got that Denzel money, too. You know what I'm saying? Buck's the only one with the smile without the cash. Tom's got the cash, and now he's going to get the smile. And no better way to get it than with Dr. Greg Eckert. 512-345-3166, folks. He's the guy you want to go to. If you're thinking that, well, maybe I can't afford those veneers. How about dental implants? Turn that frown upside down in just one day. One tooth or many teeth. Dr. Eckert can do that. Find out if you're a candidate. Go in and check out your insurance. See if your insurance, Dr. Eckert takes most insurance. So find out if your dental insurance is going to work with them and get all that new work done in the new year. Don't wait till December, late November next year. Get it done today with Dr. Greg Eckert and his wonderful staff. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Doc. You also shout out to Tom McKay. We'll let you hear from Tom McKay. This is live before he's going in for his dental work. Here he is. This is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. I may have to hit your folks at cover three. I may need to do that maybe after a round of golf today. Come on. I'm going to be out that way. Maybe I need to stop by and, and have myself a little bit of dinner. You know what? I, I did. I tried to do some clams the other day. And so I didn't, you know, clam, I mean, real clams, you know, like steamed clams. Well, of course, I left them. the refrigerator for two days and now you can't mess with them. So I'm going to think about having somebody else make the meal. I always pretend I'm the chef. I'm a better gardener than I am a chef. Mm. I, I leave stuff in the refrigerator, BK, that after about three days, my wife goes, are you ever going to cook this? And I've got to throw the clams away now. Just mm. wasting money. Wasting money. That's why I have to hit that lottery. That's why my new my goal for 2024 is to come up. I can help the kids with their education because the lottery is about education. You know what I'm saying? That's why I play. You can educate the, the youth of the state of Texas. So. Yep. Same reason you go to the Yellow Rose. I mean, I've got to pay for somebody's education. You know what I'm yes, saying? Indeed. <laughs> got to do it, man. Do it. Got to do it. But I need to That's, go to three. Give me a nice sandwich there today. There you go. Yeah, great burgers, great sandwiches, great wings, so many great options at Cover 3. It's sports bar food, but it's elevated. Like, they've got nice. the sports bar classics, but they also have they got a filet mignon on the damn what? menu. Yeah, they're not That's messing around. A little filet there? Nice. Get a little steak. You get some good salads, good burgers, sandwiches. The Sean Adams prime rib sandwich, one of my favorite items. Got the brick chicken mac and cheese. It's stupid good. They've got oh, yeah. a, a lot going on at Cover 3. And, of course, all the TVs that you could ask for. Big night of college basketball. Obviously, no Texas game, but you've got some uh, great matchups this evening. If you're looking for a place to watch any of the games tonight or any night, uh, Cover 3 is the place you need to go. I see my right. guy Doc Rivers in his debut with the Bucks lost. Mm. Way to get them to D up. Yeah. Yeah, Denver took care of that. Jokic took care of that. 
D me up deal. Right. Yeah, that's we don't talk a ton of NBA on this show, but that was obviously a big storyline in the association last week is that the Bucks, who were 30 and 13, sitting at number two in the Eastern Conference, decided to fire their coach in the middle of his first year. I know. I mean, 30 and 13 they were, and he's got to go. You've got Texas fans with Rodney Terry at 13 and seven, like he needs like five years. It's like, wow. you know, look, I, I thought that was an overreaction for the Bucks, and I do think it'd be an overreaction to fire Rodney Terry right now. Let me just set the record straight on that. But uh, oh, they, yeah. didn't they didn't win last night. Longhorns they did not. Oh, no, Longhorns did not win, despite your moral victory that you were claiming because they took Houston to overtime. Hey, they took them to overtime. They only lost by four. They, they covered. They, they covered the four and a half. Yes, they did. They did. Unless Vegas you had a knows. cousin that I had who had made it six. Oh, six? Yes. I saw five, but six? Yes, yes, Jeez. absolutely. I'm dealing with the wrong people. That's what I'm dealing with. Yeah, you are. You need to deal with BetUS, dude. I got to yeah, get you sure. set up over there. That's our that's our new gambling sponsor. We got to get you and your cousin over there. And if you're watching on YouTube, just click the link in the description below. I've been there and done that. They make it easy for you, too. Yep. If you're listening on the app, make sure you click the Explore Our Socials tab and uh, then click the link to BetUS. You deposit 50 bucks, they're going to match it. They're going to give you free stuff. And they've got a casino on there, too, if you're trying to play a little blackjack. You know, if you're trying to be a little Dan Campbell and hit on 18 when you're at the table. Come on, Campbell. Why are you going for every fourth down? This isn't the regular season. You're trying to get the lines into the Super Bowl, but you... You got to go four out of four. I'm going for on on fourth down. You know why? Because we did it during the regular season. It only makes sense when you're in the playoffs to do it, right? No, knucklehead. It doesn't mean that. It means your team is looking at you like, and believe me, if you think his players after that game didn't sit down and go, really, Dan? Really, coach? We love you, but really, you're going to go for this many fourth downs? We're up 17. Can we kick and make it 20? No, no, no. We need to get we need to get seven points out of it because we did it during the regular season. Mm. Yeah, what do you think the kicker was feeling after that game? Like, why did I come? Why did I even dress up? Could have stayed in my sweats. Free day of work for him. No kidding. I uh, mean, absolutely. Yeah, he was under no pressure whatsoever in that game. Did get Dan Campbell on Bet US? Oh my goodness! He can riverboat gamble over hit there on eighteen. Yeah, give me another hit there, dealer. Yeah. I think I got it. I got a three in me coming up. Really, Dan? God, there's your NBA. Yeah, the, the Bucks made the move to Doc Rivers, the one of the biggest chokers in NBA playoff history. He obviously did win a title with the Celtics back in 08. It's been a while. What a team that was, by the way. And that's a team that probably should have won two or three. Uh, and then he's just had, you know, perennial playoff failures with the Clippers when they had their studs. Sixers with the Sixers when they were always in the mix in the East. I mean, that's Doc Rivers has turned into playoff choker. So, uh, yeah, I, I I feel worse about the Bucks' chances to win. I don't know much about Adrian Griffin. The players clearly went to ownership and were like, "This guy ain't the guy." Like that's that's why the move got made. You're you of don't course it always is yes thirty and thirteen unless the players are like, "Dude, this guy sucks. We don't get along with him, and he's not going to help us get to the top." Which that's one thing, but Doc Rivers—that's the guy you're going to bring in now. And I get it mid-season; there aren't a lot of options there, but no, I feel worse about the Bucks' chances to win another championship now because they have Doc Rivers than I did with uh, Adrian Griffin, even though that was a first-year guy. 
So there's no doubt about it, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Bet US, by the way, make sure you go support them. Please Tease this at the start of the show. Big injury for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll continue to preview the Super Bowl. We've got a while before the game actually gets here. Of course, it comes a week from Sunday. But uh, lifetime Longhorn, Charles Aminahu, tore his ACL in Kansas City's AFC Championship win over the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. So Aminahu, needless to say, will not be able to participate in the Super Bowl. He obviously yeah. had a huge play. The strip sack fumble of Lamar Jackson uh, had a career high seven sacks this season, despite being suspended for the first six games of the season. He was having his best year in the league and he was a big part of that chiefs pass rush. That is a big loss for Kansas city. Yeah, it really, really is. I mean, especially when you're playing against Brock, uh, Brock Purdy in this group for the Super Bowl. that that's going to hurt a lot. I mean, I saw him stretching and trying to do things on the sideline I, I, I didn't think it was anything but a sprain, but he tore that thing. And the and the things he was trying to do in order to get back in that game was incredible, BK. There's no chance. You're not running back in there with a torn ACL. You're not going to move like that. I didn't think he could move like that when I saw him on the sideline. I'm like, how's this guy moving around like this, trying to get like he's going to get back in the game? After I, after I heard he had torn the thing, I'm like, damn, that's a hell of an effort right there. Now, generally with those, you go sit down and you they either put you in a cart to put you back inside or you limp off, you know, but he was doing everything he could to get back. He wanted that one badly. Yeah. And Amenahu, the former San Francisco 49er, yep. obviously former Houston Texan and lifetime Longhorn, would have been cool for him to get to go up against his Absolutely. former team in the Super Bowl. And yeah, look, Brock Purdy's like any other quarterback. You get pressure on him, he's a hell of a lot worse. So Amenahu has been one of the most consistent pass rushers that the Chiefs have had all season long. And him being absent for that game. Uh, a week from Sunday. That's a massive, massive loss for him. So, uh, yeah, feel for him, man. He's he's worked hard to get to this spot in his career. Big-time year for him, and unfortunately, he will not get to participate in what would have been the biggest game in his career. So, yeah. and, um, see, and, and, and vice versa on the other side, if Boza doesn't get, get the pressure like he did later in the game the other night, I mean, in the beginning, he was a no-show in the first half of that uh, of that game against Detroit. He didn't do anything. Once he started making tackles and getting into the flow of the game and had and, and got pressure and, and got to golf, he's he's an animal. I mean, really, uh, if, if he gets controlled, Kansas City will win that thing by, by a touchdown, I believe. He's the guy, because Chase Young, I don't care who you got against him, you can handle him. Yeah. They, they spent a lot of money on that dude. That He hasn't been the same since he got his knee busted up. He's not the same guy. He's almost better against the run than he is as a pass rusher. But Bose is the one who can wreck your game on that defensive front for San Francisco and give Patrick Mahomes a lot of problems. And he can give you problems in the run game too. But he has to get he has he's one of those momentum guys, Boza. If you keep him down early and keep him away from your especially off your off your passer, you can win that they'll win that game by a touchdown, I believe. But if he's yeah. if he starts wrecking your home early. I mean, that's, that's a problem for Kansas City, too. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you look at the three Super Bowls that he's been a part of, and he's 2-1 and one to this point. The one Super Bowl that he lost, that beat down to Tampa Bay, uh, it's because the Chiefs O-line just got right bullied for four quarters against Tampa Bay. Everyone talked about Tom Brady, and obviously it was an amazing story for Tom, and he played well all season long, and he was great in that Super Bowl. But the story of that game was the Bucks D-line just dominating Kansas City for 60 minutes to the point where the Chiefs basically 
got rid of all five starters they had on the offensive line and said, we're starting from scratch because this isn't good enough. So that goes to show you, like, yeah, the Chiefs, the, the Super Bowl, they got worked up front. The Super Bowl they could not win on the line of scrimmage was the one that they lost. Right. Uh, if those guys are able to win against the very strong pass rush of San Francisco, then, uh, yeah, Kansas City is going to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy again for the third yeah, time. And, and Chiefs are going to try to take Pacheco and run it against that defensive line, which I think they'll be okay. But when they get to that linebacker area with Warner and those guys, those guys play, they hit for keeps. So all that high stepping that he does, you got to be a careful. You got to be aware of that. Those guys will hit you and hit you hard. So, I, I don't worry so much about San Francisco against the Chiefs run. I think the Chiefs will still be able to run the ball because I'm not quite sure the fat guys in the middle for San Francisco. I haven't seen them do anything in two playoffs. Number 99, that big dude, he's just in the way. He just takes up space, but he's not. He doesn't. He hasn't got any push in these playoff games. And, and their run and their run defense not that good. Linebackers still good. Good in the pass and good against the run. So Pacheco will get his. It's what they can't let. They can't let Patrick Mahomes get his. And that guy, no matter what you say, is going to take off and run and get some things done in the run game. He just is. He's just that kind of quarterback. So Yeah, I think the running backs are going to be a huge factor in these games. Like, you, think, you think Pacheco will against that defense? Yeah, I mean, San Francisco did not do a good job of no, stopping the run at all in either of their playoff wins, right? Green Bay had some success running the football, and Detroit had a ton of success running And we football. know how good they are with their linebackers at San Francisco. It's the front four that were really disappointing, I thought. Yeah, and then you look at Kansas City. Like, the biggest criticism of Baltimore in that game on Sunday is that they didn't run the ball enough. Right. It was a joke. I mean, Baltimore only had like eight running back runs in the game. Let's see if I can find it. Sorry, six running back runs in that game. And, you know, Gus Edwards had three carries and averaged almost seven yards a clip. He had one carry in the first half. It went for 15 yards. Then they like, stopped giving him the ball, yeah. But you think of Buffalo. Like, Buffalo, for large portions of that game against Kansas City, were able to run the ball pretty effectively. By the way, did they have the any, any set runs for Lamar in that game? They didn't run any like quarterback counters, did they? Maybe not one really. or two. Not not enough. They didn't run it. There are way too many drop back passes. Yes. Uh in general. Yeah. I mean, that was a silly game plan considering the Chiefs had a top five pass defense in football this year and a bottom five run defense in football. I'm on really. the Chiefs early. It's early. I'm on the Chiefs now. And just that mm, less okay. I mean, can it get can we get to a a deal where we're going to have the San Francisco 49ers favored by two and a half, maybe. And well, they game. opened up as a two and a half point favorite. That would have been your time to pounce. Now it's, what is it, one now? I think it's down to one. Oh, it'll be a, come on, don't be a pick on that game time. I'm seeing one and a half right now. Oh, it's going to end up being that stupid hook. I got down to one. And then oh, a hook doesn't matter that much when it's one, right? No. I, no. Matters when it's you know two and a half to three and a half, but if it's one, what matters one. is there'll be a punt return for a touchdown, so it'll be fifty to one, so I can win that again. That's yeah, the call. I, that is the call. Who's Somebody's doing taking it? them back to the house. Yeah, no, you won't tell us which team, just somebody. Yeah, I mean that's all I need is somebody. Punt return to the house is about generally about fifty to one. I like that. You like that? I did that when um, who was it? The guy that was for the Bears was a punt returner. Oh, kickoff, Devin Hester. Devin Hester. He wasn't with the Bears then, was he? Yeah, it was the opening kickoff of the game when the Colts, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. Yes. 
That's when I was standing up in my house running with him when he was running down the sideline. Nobody <laughs> touched that dude. That paid me 50 to 1 on a $50 bet. That was, was great. It? 29 to 17, maybe the final Colts over Bears in yeah. Miami. Peyton Manning with the win there. Yeah, it was a great start for the Bears. And then it's like, oh, shoot, we have Rex Grossman at quarterback. We're not doing shit in this We're game. about to have another one of those this Super Bowl. All right, I like it. I wonder if there's – has there been one since that game? I don't think so. God, that's that's 20 years, man. I'm thinking – and the, the kid is first, first – uh, for the Chiefs, number 17, the kid who comes in as wide receiver but is a punt returner. Yeah, the fumbler, me, Cole. No, no, the, there's another one that's been playing some wide receiver for him, number 17. Is that not me? Uh, no. Who's 17 for the Chiefs? I, don't I know who number one is. Number one's the fumbler. Yeah, that's me, Cole Hardman. Yeah, one is that dude. You're calling a punt. Okay, punt return touchdown, not a kickoff yeah. return touchdown. No, punt return. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who 17 is. I'm not going to look that up. James. Don't worry about it. Richie James? Yeah, that dude. Okay, yeah. He's my guy. He's my guy. Going back to the house. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. I like that. All right, bold pick right there. How many units are you putting on it? On the game for Kansas City? No, on the punt return touchdown. Oh, I'll put 50 bones on that. Okay. 50 oh. at 50 to 1? Yeah, I'll take that return. There's your lottery. There you go. Close to it. All right, let me uh, let me show you what your girl Kim Mulkey was wearing last night. By the way, uh, since you are the Title IX expert now on yes, Texas I am unfiltered. Uh, what's going on with the LSU women's team? That's back-to-back -back losses. I don't know. They're still. I don't know. They're. It's. It's too much about the coach. <laughs> That's your analysis, huh? It's always too much about the coach. Well, here's your substitute teacher-looking ass coach. What is Kim Mulkey's get up last night for LSU's loss to Mississippi State? Not sponsored. Remember last time she was wearing a Coca-Cola Coca-Cola sponsored jacket. This time it's I mean it literally looks like a 2-year-old made this. Maybe one of her grandkids. Maybe. She looks like, you know, the Come teacher. Come on, that, me, Ma. Come on, me, Ma. The teacher that, uh, you know, you're like, can I go to the bathroom? She's like, I don't know. Can you? She, <laughs> Come on, me, Ma. She looks like one of those. Me, Ma. Yeah, look at me, Ma. She is something else. She so makes great. She's a great wife, great mother, great basketball coach, and stylish, too. This is stylish? She's wearing a button-down shirt underneath, and it's untucked. And she's wearing a... A vest, sweater vest. Yes, I guess a sweater vest. With she's wearing one sparkles. of the pom pom dancers from LSU's jersey. <laughs> she is making this all about herself. With the outfit yeah. every night. Yeah, I'm not down with all that me 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 there, Kim. Don't like oh, that stuff. I don't like it. I, and now if she's going to wear that, she should come to the court and do a cartwheel. You know, a cartwheel. Yeah. Guaranteed, she can do a cartwheel. You think at her age she can do a cartwheel? You mean at her age? She's only like 37, isn't she? Okay. All right. That's Well, she looks like she's 37. Uh, you and I have different uh, definitions of 37, I guess. Kim Mulkey is 61 years young. She's damn near as old uh, as I am. I do love that you said she'd make a great wife considering she's been divorced, which that happens. Divorce happens. Sure. Absolutely. I do, I do find that funny. Um, 
Yeah, Where's her son at? Where's that dude? Isn't he on the? I saw him shaking hands. I didn't see her shaking hands last night. I saw that dude. Is he the first one in line? Is that his job is to be first in line to shake in the handshake line? Uh, no, her coach isn't on. Or her son's not on the staff. Her son's a baseball player. Baseball player, really? Yeah, Kramer oh. Kramer Robertson is uh, her son's name. Are you talking about Joe Schwartz? You know, there's a former Texas basketball player who's on her staff. It's a good buddy of mine, Joe Schwartz. Schwartz he, always, he wears pretty, like, uh, flamboyant clothes, too. And he has to be first in the line. I think that's his deal. You've got to be first in line. How about this picture? <laughs> what the heck? Is that the one from Vegas? <laughs> that's the one in Vegas right there, yep. There's the eyes of Kim Mulkey. Those are terrifying, man. The university has to pay for all her outfits anyway. Those are real. Nothing's. Those those are real eyeballs. Yeah, nothing's photoshopped about this picture right here. Let me tell you. Oh my God, there. You know what's missing from there? Ed Orgeron. That's the only thing missing from that whole university. That used to be great. That was a great university until they got rid of Eddie O. You know. No, now they're not a great university. No, not anymore. Brian Kelly, come here, break. Mm. Ed O won a championship there. That's right. I think the last three LSU head coaches have won national championships there, right? Ooh, I'm missing somebody. It's Saban, it's Les Miles, and it's Ed O. Ed O. Is there someone else there? No. I mean, okay, because Les was there for a long time. I don't think there was ever anybody between Les and Ed O. Mm-mm. Maybe, uh, yeah, Brian Kelly. A lot to live up to for that dude. And uh, obviously the Les Miles era and the Ed O era did not end well. No, she needs to quit making it about her and her outfits. That's her problem? Well, that yeah. ain't going to change. It's always no. about her. It's all about her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's why you love her. That's why she's your hall pass. She's, she's lost two in a row, I believe. Big games. Two in a row, yep. Lost to South Carolina, which everyone loses to South Carolina, but yep. lost to Mississippi State. Wow, that hurt. And then dressing like that? Come on, coach. What's going on there? Good Lord. Come yeah. on, Kim. So there's gonna make Kim. a phone call down there and see what's going on. Are you gonna ask her on a date? No, I'm gonna ask her. She looked like one of those people in the tent city that I saw last time I was in. Oh, you do you think that's gonna work as your pickup line? You're gonna say you look like a homeless person <laughs> who pees on the streets? <laughs> wow. That's good. You're gonna try that to woo your lover? Of course, she'll fall for it. She'll look fall for her. that. She'll look at it. with that outfit, she'll fall for any line. Oh my god! I don't even know what that means. What are you? What are you saying? That's a bad look right there. That's way too much purple. Yeah, here's your girl. What would what would your pickup line be if you ever saw Kim Mulkey? Like, let's say you just walk into a coffee shop and all of a sudden, right in front of you in line, is Cruella de Mulkey. What are you saying to her? You're the best, Coach. You're absolutely the best. Nobody can coach you like you can. Hmm. One of the greatest coaches of all time. All right, you're just going to start praising her for her coaching yeah, accolades. Sure. I'm going to say, Ariema has nothing over you. None of them do. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. There you go. That might work. Now she's interested, right? You think so? Yeah, I'm going to say, but you can't be what's her name down in South Carolina. So you need to get ready to hang up. It's almost time to retire, Kim. Okay, well that's not going to work. No. You're going to hype her up and then tear her down in the span of five seconds? You're going to punch me in the face then? Am I going to get hit yeah. now? You think oh, she's going to physically... 
You hope it's just a punch in the face and not a stab to the gut. Oh. <laughs> you pull out a switchblade and off you right then and there. Good the coffee Lord. shop. Good I figured Lord. you would you would go with the uh like you would act like you don't know who she is kind of thing. Or just you pretend? Know, like, no, she'd yeah. be dressed like that in a line. Just tell her she's beautiful, you know, like, oh my gosh, you're the most beautiful woman that I've ever seen. And nice act line. like you have no idea like what is your name? What do you I'm do? not going to lie. You're a not the basketball most. coach? What, like high school or something? What do you? Oh, college? Oh, no way. No, I'm not going through all of that with her. Just going to grab her by her hair and take her to the take her to her dorm. Oh. <laughs> Where's your old dorm here, coach? You're going to grab her by her hair and take her to her dorm. She's not coaching at Baylor anymore, dude. <laughs> no. Come on, man. Come on, man, to me. Come on, man, to you. She's a mess. It's a mess. She is indeed. All right, we'll uh, we'll get into Texas basketball to wrap up today's show. Of course, we talked a lot about the game at the start, but we'll let you hear more from Rodney Terry uh, here in a second. But first, Buck, um, who do we need to give some love to today? Got them all, and one in one shot, we got them all. There you go. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Altstad Beer. Yes, and of course, yes, that you could find, and then. which comfort systems are guys at Wood Comfort Systems? Dude, air conditioner jumped on on me yesterday. No had way. To. I'm telling you, it had to be 80 degrees up in here yesterday. Inside? Yeah, it got warm in a hurry yesterday. God. Systems great. Which comfort systems? Those folks are fantastic, man. They're trying to keep an old man warm because it has been cold. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad I got I'm glad I got the contract with them too. You don't just get the system. You get the contract and everything that goes with whatever they present to you, take it. Take that contract so they can come out there twice a year, make sure everything's running smoothly. Don't take it upon yourself to go up and start checking. If you've got water in the pan underneath your air conditioning, don't you do it. You know what I'm saying? Don't you try to do it, Wags. Let somebody else do it. If you need your plumbing, now that they're doing plumbing, Wags, make sure you call Woods Comfort Systems to get your plumbing done. Don't try it yourself. Don't be reaching behind, picking up the back of the toilet, playing with a little ball in the back. Let somebody else do that, okay? Mm-hmm. Once again, yeah. Woods, problems with Woods Comfort plumbing. Systems. Yeah, I know. You've never had problems with your plumbing, even though never. you ate clam chowder, Girl Scout oh. cookies, and bacon and eggs in like a three-hour span. I still got to roll those cookies. I'm going to – you know what? I'm taking those to the course and offering it to the guys today. There you go. That's nice. So. With that, I'm going to charge yeah. them $3 because half of the roll costs $3. <laughs> Inflation has hit the troops. The Girl Scouts are uh, upping their prices this year. Wow, so. man, oh, man. It used to be kind of nice, right? Like, look, back in the day, you said it was what, a buck fifty a box? Yeah, dude, I, I remember when it was a buck fifty or a buck a quarter for a box of those things. I do have to get those mint deals to put in the freezer, though. I don't have any of those. No, the thin mints. Six bucks for those thin mints. Yeah, those are elite. The freezer thin mints are uh, yeah. are strong to very strong. Uh, but yeah, even the last few years, right? As prices have continued to go up, they used to be five bucks a box. So yeah. it's like you just have a twenty, you get four boxes. There you go. That's easy. Yeah. You always good. have a twenty on you. But now six bucks a box. Yes. Twenty bucks. You only get to three, and then you got change, and you're like, "Ah, should I ask the troops for change or no? I want to support." It's hard to the ask troops. the troops for change. Now, keep just keep it. I know. Oh, and then it's like, like my wife only... says, "Go just walk right up there, give her six dollars, tell her keep the cookies, sell them to somebody else, and then go to your car." 
and hopefully they don't chase you down and tackle you by the legs and bring you down. We banging on the back of your car like that homeless guy did to us <laughs> in New Orleans. Hey, mister! Maybe I should take some cookies to those folks. Never thought about that. Oh, you're going to drive back to New Orleans to give them some girls? No, not those, not those people. Those people were, they were trying to murder us, I believe. They were trying yeah. to rape me. <laughs> I believe I, I had that funny feeling. That guy had that look in his eye when he's running at me. Come on out, you rapist. I haven't forgot about that. Yeah. Sometimes in my in my nightmares. Oof. <laughs> You're seeing the angel of death. Yeah, the hooded guy. I never saw his face. Mm, yeah, that's he wanted it that way. I don't know if he wanted to see yours either. No. Oh man. Uh all right. Shout out. Yeah, no, Girl Scouts. If you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies, how about a trade with the Scouts? Some Altstadt beer. No, I don't do that. Oh, no, you can't trade that for cookies. Let's see if the dads who are there will take some Altstadt beer. Oh, yeah, because they're bringing dads now. It's not about dressing mama, making her look nice, and then you'd buy the cookies for the daughter. It's dad, big dads. Now they're big threatening dude. you. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm you don't want to buy, buy my daughter's cookies? Are you going to buy Girl Scout cookies this year? Well, you need to buy them from this little girl right here. Okay, Pops, I got yeah. you. Yeah, or I'll beat the shit out of you if you don't. <laughs> yes. That's what the they're doing. factor. Yeah. Now, i get you some Altstadt beer, not for the kids, for yourself. The best beer that you can find anywhere in the state of Texas is brewed in Fredericksburg, but all over Austin, Dallas, Houston. You can buy it wherever you buy your six-packs. And it's popping up more and more at your favorite bars and restaurants throughout Central Texas and throughout the great state of texas as well they've got a bunch of different brews something for every beer drinker out there it's a beautiful week if you're hitting the golf course bring you some altstad if you're hitting the lake get some <laughs> the altstad. lake and the golf the lake and the golf course at the same time <laughs> at the same time if you're staying at home like i'll probably be doing to just watch sports all week love well, it got the altstad beer for you too i'm telling you it's the best beer you're ever going to find one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It's Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. I'm going to take a guess that there won't be any lakes in the fairways that I'm going to today. Where are you, you playing? Hobo, you hobo golfer. Where are you playing? I'm playing at Twin Creeks. Okay, yeah. There'll be some, there'll be some creeks that my ball will sneak into, but believe me, there won't be any lakes in the middle of the fairways. No, That's only not. the places that you decide to roam. Yeah, those are the munis that I go to right there. Because I'm a man of the people. You are people. a man of the people. Mm-hmm. Unlike and a man you. Of the, a man of the munis. Man I'm a country the... clubber. Yeah, uh, but uh, after that round on Friday, I have changed my stance from save muni to pave muni. <laughs> pave muni. That is great. That is great. Okay, you can now tell where you play. You can tell. You It's, it's a couple days after. There's nothing wrong with it. I won't do it. It used to be one of the all-time great places. It's 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 where it all began, by the way. You could say it. I'm not going to say it. You know what? I've played. I've actually I played there one time in my life. There's a couple places I played, and I only played once and never played again. When I first came to Texas over 30 years ago, the first golf course I played was Blue Bonnet, and I don't even remember if it was Georgetown, Round Rock, where Blue Bonnet was, but I, I was told that it was a goat patch before I even got there. And for me, I was coming from University of Illinois. So one go patch to the next. I just wanted to play golf. And dude, I got out there and it was, it had just got through flooding here in January. I mean, this whole city was underwater. So mm-hmm. I then waited and I waited till it got hot only about two weeks later. It was so hot. 
and it was so dried out. There was cracks in the earth, and my ball would get stuck in the crack. But you could hit a ball 300 yards, BK, for me at that time, 300 with the roll. Oh, I mean, yeah. There was nothing to stop it. There was no grass in the fairways of that place. And I, seriously, they had a driving range. I remember hitting downhill. But on the other side of the road there, there was actually a goat patch where there were goats on the other side of the road. And I don't know. I guarantee you they are condos or homes now at that place, Blue Bonnet. Somebody tell me a Blue Bonnet is still in existence. I, I can't believe it can be. That I property is probably grade A now, you know. I hate to see if you're trying to grow grass in your backyard if you have a place there, but it was so rock hard. Never played it one time in ACC, the old ACC. I played there one time. Do you ever um, hit one of the goats? No, I couldn't hit it that far. Hmm. Blue Bonnet was northeast Austin. Oh, goodness. Oh. That's what you're thinking of? Yeah, that was the place. Blue Bonnet. Man, yeah, no. man. I played on Friday. You would have hit the ball about 130 yards, and it would have just stuck in a puddle. <laughs> you, ain't get, you ain't getting a roll out of that little lake. Oh, my there. goodness. That was the yeah. old ACC. The old ACC. That's all I'll say about that. Oh, God. I love you. Love you. Me too. Me too. Just uh, not a great day for the course on Friday. But great week to go play some golf. Absolutely, man. Old stat beer too uh, while you're out there. All right. We'll we'll wrap it up with some more Texas basketball thoughts. And we had some comments earlier about Rodney Terry. Um, Look, I, I honestly thought Rodney Terry coached a pretty good game last night. There were a few things that he did that I disagreed with. Uh, there are a few things that I wish he changed earlier than he did. Uh, one of those things, look, I, I think a big adjustment that Rodney Terry made was putting Kendall Weaver on Jamal Shett. I mean, mm-hmm. Jamal Shett was having all sorts of success against Tyrese Hunter and Max Aismas, two undersized guards. Uh, Rodney Terry, with about five or six minutes left, made the switch and put Kendall Weaver on Jamal Shedd, and, and Shedd struggled the rest of the way. He really did, in, in regulation and in overtime. Like, he just could not get the clean looks at the hoop that he had been getting for the first 35 minutes or so of that game. So I like that move by Rodney Terry. Uh, you know, you can be critical of the fact that Texas only made one basket in overtime, and there were some struggles in terms of late-game execution on offense, but it's not like Houston, who's coached by one of the best coaches in the country, and Kelvin Sampson was super efficient down the stretch too. So I don't think like Kelvin Sampson came in here and coached circles around Rodney Terry, which I was no. worried about that uh, going into the game. But there were... That, that had a lot to do with the players who want to, you know, yeah. last night. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of things that like pissed me off. In overtime, you know, Dylan DeSue had four fouls and Rodney Terry kept going offense-defense substitutions in overtime and there were a couple of possessions where there wasn't a stoppage. So like Texas would get a rebound after a missed shot. They'd go back down the floor on offense. And he didn't have Dylan DeSue on the floor. And it's like, coach, it's overtime. Like, leave your best players on the floor. All right? If he's going to foul out, it sucks. But, like, trust your, your upperclassmen to not pick up that fifth foul. Leave him out there on the floor because you need offense. you got to score. You yes. can't have Aiden Shedrick on the floor on the biggest offensive possessions of the game with Dylan DeSue on the bench. Like, no coach does. That was I was so dumb in overtime. I get if you're doing that with, like, five minutes left in regulation and you're trying to monitor your guy just to make sure he doesn't foul Makes out. Sense, it's yeah. overtime. If the guy fouls out, it sucks. But, okay, it's go down swinging. Don't go down with, like, your best or second-best offensive player sitting on the sideline because you're, you don't trust him that he can't play defense without fouling. Like, that is – that's bad. 
That is horrible coaching right there from Rodney Terry. He knows better than that. Yeah, that wasn't good. No, I, I, and the other thing to me was the, that that whole not rebounding. I mean, he's got big enough guys that can rebound. Guards, forget about the guards. Once again, as you said, their guards had what? Eight rebounds apiece? Yeah, two of their guards, their guards had, had eight, eight rebounds. rebounds, folks. I mean, the bigs for Texas, the best was what, six? I mean, that can't be. I mean, uh, yeah, Dylan Mitchell had 10, but yeah, the, the Sioux had six, and I think Shedrick had four. No, those, and, and once again, it's not like the guards are going to grow for Texas and you'll get a bunch of rebounds from them. But some of these other guys need to box out, and they just wanted the ball more. They just look like they wanted it because that's how they play. That's their culture. That mm -hmm. ball hits that rim, they're all going. Their guards are going. None of them are running back for defense. They are all hitting the boards. They get a lot of offensive rebounds. If the yeah. ball doesn't go in and it's up on that rim, they all go to the – they're all they all on the loose balls. They play a different brand of defense too because if you think you're getting out on fast breaks, when your ball comes off and you get it to your guards and a lot of guards will push it up the court, they stop you by half court. They yeah. stop the break at half court. They don't let you get past half court and think you're going to break and get easy buckets against them. They don't give up easy buckets. No, that team is so well coached. They're so disciplined. They do all of the little things right. But you're right. Like, they they are relentless, man, for all 40 minutes. And last night, obviously, it was 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, Texas. And they knew they were in a game last night. And they sure. played. Houston played. They didn't play their best game. But they played like they knew they were in for a battle in the mood last night. They really did. Which was yeah. that's 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 the thing about seeing a team like that because teams like that, a lot of times will say, you know, we just have better players. We'll find a way to win anyway, no matter what. But they knew they were in a battle and they played that way. They fought pretty hard. Yeah, they you did. Know? Absolutely. So, and 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 Houston fought hard, and they, they just have that culture right now. As I said, from Texas, from this point on, they're not going to beat them in Houston. I don't care what they do. If they go undefeated from this point on, that game in Houston. They're, they're losing that game by double digits. That's just how good they are because that wasn't Houston's best game. That was just a very good game by a team that has a culture of, of playing very, very hard. For Texas, that was one of their better games, and they still lost. But Buck right now, of course, Buck Aggie is taking – I'm taking that – that I'm taking that as a victory for Texas. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, NCAA. Yeah. You can say what you want to in the loss column, but I'm taking that as now from this point on, these other teams – these Oklahoma, these Oklahoma states, Iowa states, Kansas states, they shouldn't be beating Texas home or away. The Longhorns yeah. should win those type of games. Sorry, even Texas Tech, even going there, they should be able to win those games on the road. You, yeah. The way you fought last night was a is is a sign not, of things. What you, you think? You're you think this team's beating Texas Tech on the road? They lost by double digits to Tech at home. How do you I expect them to win that? Yes, I expect them to win those games. I think they've been oh. in a bad that battle last night. Proved an awful lot, and it should have proved a lot to the team. See, that's don't what that's, about, don't forget about some of their bad games, though, too. Like they've lost to, you know, West Virginia and UCF. Those are two of the worst teams in the league. Like I know they played uh, one, the best team in the league really close, but it's like they they've played like shit against some bad teams also. Don't expect so I can't, I can't just sit here and be time. like I expect them to win all of these games against good teams because of last night. It's like. Yeah, I guess you learned a little bit more about what they're capable of, but they've been so inconsistent this year that it's like I I can't expect them to win against Iowa State and K State and Texas Tech on the road. Like no chance. Winning those games, all of them. Victory, victory. Uh, you can only lose three more. That's it. 
Yeah, that's. I, I hope that's you're all. right. When we can There's lose no three more, that's it. Give you, I'll give you 50 bucks if they only lose three more. Come on, we're on that wagon. Get on the bandwagon. Hey, we'll make a little wager. On that moral victory bandwagon with me. Yeah, I mean, Texas they just lost their seventh game before February. This was a preseason top 20 team that had a non-conference schedule that ranked in the 300s in terms of strength of schedule. And uh, Rodney Terry, he's hey, 15, well, 15 and 11 in Big 12 games as a head coach at Texas. They didn't realize they were getting a seven-foot old man in the sea from Virginia either. You know? Who, recruit, who recruited that guy? Who did recruit that guy with the bad back and shoulders and arms? Who put the raw? Like, if you're mad about the roster construction, then that's a Rodney Terry thing. Well, that, I mean, that's some bad luck for Texas right there. That guy was, I mean, and he, he got hurt of, last year at Virginia. Like, they knew they knew he was coming off of surgeries when they got him. It is bad luck. It's bad fortune. But like that back deal is then that that is not. It's not getting better by the game. When I watch that guy, he looks like he's getting slower by the game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, Shedrick. And he's uh, not Wimby. He doesn't get the chance to stay in the middle and put his arms up and block everything that comes through there. Doesn't move quick enough. He's definitely not Wimby. <laughs> Come on, with his arms standing and all that. Maybe he could just stay in the middle, and when guys blow by out of guards, he can be there to slap it off the boards. He doesn't move like that. Here's your blue wow. bonnet update before we bring on chaos theory, and they've been closed since 2017. Sorry Great. about that. Sorry about yeah. that. Sorry about your new homes out there. Oh man. And Greg says, Gregory says, I get a kick out of Bucky being an overly optimistic homer. Nice. You don't we don't get that from you that much, Buck. This is you a got nice it game. now. You got it. I, I'm telling you, that that game proved that game proved a lot there, Rodney, last night. You know what? It's a moral victory because the Aggie in me has come out. And that's a, that's a moral victory game last night. Cause I thought. I never said one word about them winning that game last night. I just didn't want them to get blown out at home, and they could have got blown out at home last night. Yeah, yeah, they, they could have. But I kept seeing last night it's all Shaka Smart's fault for, um, you oh, know, you the did? whole Shed thing. He should have had Shed here. Yeah, well, I mean. For Shaka Smart is uh, yeah. not not even offering Jamal Shed, who yeah. you know, obviously played at Maynard right up the wow. road. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, like that's that's almost as unforgivable as letting Deuce Vaughn get out of the city too. So I mean, well, or everybody was crying about going on and on. Uh, Hell, I was yeah. screaming from the mountain tops, man. Anyways, how are you gentlemen doing this morning, man? Doing good, good, buddy. Doing good. Um, guys, uh, look, I, I went back and forth a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago with Jeff about who who I thought the best team in the Big 12 was. I thought it was the Houston, the Houston Cougars, and they looked pretty damn dominant last wow. night, man. Speaking of which, the aforementioned Shed, probably going to be conference player of the year. Um, but it's not just that. It's like Fran Francis doesn't even do that much offensively except for just just pound glass, rightly. He's not, like, contributing, getting all the all the baskets or whatnot, but he just does so much else off the, off the stat sheet that allows them to get second-chance points tip backs or whatnot to get you know back out to the to, to the perimeter so the damn guards can reset the play and maybe get up another shot crier was <laughs> off last yeah, night yeah. and we and we barely uh were able to to stay in in touch with the damn cougars man it, they're a great team um they're, we they're well coached away last night i was very disappointed i thought we hell, we were up seven at one point i mean shit well they're, they're well coached and they don't take a play off is no, really they don't take any plays off 
And, and that's, there's no such thing as 50-50 balls with a man. It's no, usually yeah. just 100. Like, any time a damn ball goes up, you know damn well Houston's going to – or it feels like Houston's going to get it, man. It's – it's they're a good team. And, and like Buck said, they were off last night. That's mm-hmm. the – right. and, and the thing about it is they went to the boards last night. They're, everybody – all five guys go. They don't worry about getting back because right. you're yeah. not going to get any fast breaks because you're not going to get any rebounds on them. They're guards. Those guys, like they play on the playground, they go up above the rim – and tell you, while your guards are running down the court looking for a fast break, they got five on three while your yep. other two guys are going down there. Their guards yep. get rebounds. And BK's stat of two of their guards having eight rebounds? Are you That's kidding crazy. me? That's yeah. crazy. That's what I got written down on the sheet. Nobody watches shots. No shot watchers. Everybody that puts up a shot, even the shooter, the shooter follows yeah. the shot. Yeah. yeah. I, li- I mean, I like down. the way they play. But you know what? For Texas, for that victory they got last night, these other teams <laughs> – they they when they get on the road, I don't care home or away. The Iowa States of the world shouldn't be that shouldn't be those shouldn't be overtime games. Texas should be outright winning those games. And I'm not afraid of this team going to play Tech at Tech. Forget about what Tech did to them at home last There's, night. Should be last night should be a real nice wake up call for Rodney Terry and his basketball team that they can they can play they can get into those kind of games. Like you said, they had an opportunity in in overtime. What did they score? BK the one basket. Yeah, they, they made just one. Well, they didn't get it until shot. three minutes into the damn game, or 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 seven, whatnot. Seven, three minutes into the into the stands or half court. Yeah. I thought they they tried to. It looked like they wanted to attack Shed. It looked like they wanted to attack Francis and get the guys with four fouls out of the game and see if they can maybe make a run at this thing. Uh, but I thought they tried to. I thought they tried to battle with that way too much. I thought they had easy baskets or they had a few easy look shot or a few chances that they could have scored from the other side swinging the ball, but. You know, they were too busy for, uh, focusing on DeSue and Mitchell trying to get the fifth foul on Francis. So, I mean, well, don't go out you, of your offense to try and get that. What did you guys think of go? Mitchell? Let me ask you something before I go. What about Mitchell last yeah. night? If you can get that kind of performance out of him from this point on, I mean, that's – I mean, he well, did some one-on-ones. He he rebounded. I thought he played great Very defense. aggressive. Is, is that what you need from him every game right yeah, now? You, you're going to have to, man. You're going to you're gonna have to have a guy that's going to be an X-factor besides the Sioux, right? Or somebody that's going to be able to copy what the Sioux does a little bit. I love the ball fakes. I love the fake screen coming off of it, working that two-man game. And then mm-hmm. he accelerates to the cup, right? That's going to keep the defense honest. They can't be sitting there and, and trying to uh, and try and stack, you know what I mean, and, and, and whatnot, try to, uh, to straddle the damn defense and hedge up on them, right? You're going to have to actually play that smart and not – and you know, not be over aggressive and take the guard, right? You're gonna have to play both guys in the two man game. You can't right. just over stack on one. Big man got to go stretch. Oh, what oh. you stretching that stretch Armstrong? That's what you call oh. it now. Big, big, big man, man. got to stretch. Yeah. Hey, we're getting close. You know, we're not far away from you know what season. There it is. No, nope, I'm not letting him show it. <laughs> Y'all have a good show, guys. Later, Later bro. bro. There he goes.